Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Cool. Well, welcome, ma'am, to the podcast. And um, I, yeah, I really appreciate you being on here. Um, Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply feel like it's just it's timely um for for where we're at and and what the lord's doing and i know that having you on here um is gonna is gonna help a lot of people in, in the questions they're asking and we we're talking a little bit about that before obviously before we started recording but i know that um the journey you've been on um is is pioneering and um 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You've really, I feel like you've really, from what I can tell, listening to your podcast and I'm still just getting to know you, but you've, you've cracked something open and you've gone into territory, so to speak, that, um, not a lot of people are comfortable to go in there and, um, Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, like you're, you've, you've kept some of the, the simplicity and the, the fundamental um, things. I'm not talking about fundamentalism. I'm talking about some of the fundamentals of who God is and his nature intact in that process. And I've seen a lot of people um, go into spiritual territory and not come out, you know, and like get lost in there. So, um, yeah, just really appreciate you, you coming on here. Um, just just for the listeners you have a podcast you're a um you're an artist you're a rapper is that right is there anything else that you do that you'd like to um just fill people in with yeah uh yeah i'm a uh, hip-hop artist and have a podcast uh i have a book i do guided meditations and a little bit of everything really i feel like the message stays the same but i just try to find new ways to articulate it and new new mediums to get get it out so still looking for creative ways to to tap in whoever people are listening to right and whatever they're tapping into so so many to choose from sure. you know 
It's awesome, man. Um, yeah, it'd be cool um, to start just to hear a little bit of your background um, and just what your journey has been like um, coming to know the Lord. Um, and yeah, just to get a, a little bit of a grid, you know, like mm-hmm. um, how your interest was peaked and like, you know, your, your moments of awakening and, and some of those sort of important points. It'd just mm-hmm. be cool um, to hear some of that just to start. Okay. For sure, man. And if you have any questions to go back and, you know, want to want to crack some of the stuff open that I mentioned, just because I'll try to I'll try to breeze through it, you know, and there's just a lot of details. Sure. But um, I was born in uh, Homa, Louisiana, and um, there's a lot of uh, witchcraft there. There's a lot of uh, it's common to to do candle magic and to. Uh, to do curses on people and stuff like that. Like, you know, my grandmother, my mom, they call their neighbors if somebody ripped them off or owed them money and didn't pay and they would ask each other for candles. Hey, you got a, you got a black candle, I need, to, I need to borrow one. So-and-so owes me money. And it was just like this little, it was just kind of common, little stuff like that. And and uh, my mom and, and so where, dad, where does, sorry, I, I know you just started, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested like where that, where that originates from, some of that like, <laughs> Voodoo and, and voodoo and Catholicism, you know, so they're like, I feel like those are one and the same. Um, you know, just that uh, just a lot of the names are changed or whatever. So candle magic and ritual and, and those kind of things. And, and so in New Orleans, those are both really big, the voodoo capital and and a lot of that stuff. What, what, what uh, New Orleans is known for. So a lot of it comes from like, yeah, right. yeah voodoo tradition and, and um, the, the slaves practice voodoo in New Orleans as well. So um, yeah, then again, sense. you know, yeah. what well, you would say that the light side of it would be Catholicism and burning candles and, you know, burning candles and praying to the saints and those kind of things. So just little stuff sure. like that, you know, that was common. And um, yeah. so, but then the atmosphere too, like, my mom and dad, I just remember ever since I was little, they'd throw big parties and there'd be all types of people coming over who's, you know, drunk and passing out mid conversation and a lot of different energies in our home, you know, strangers. And um, I feel like I, I was visited when I was four by these shadow beings and and uh, I woke up when I, in the middle of the night being pinned down to my bed and with two beings on each side of my shoulders. And I didn't know if I was too scared to speak or if I couldn't speak. I know, definitely not was too scared, but I don't know if I couldn't, if I was mute. Uh, Cause I didn't know, I didn't want them to know that I was up, you know? And so um, yeah. that that right there, you know, was, was something pivotal, something monumental in my, in my life was, you know, four years old and then 10, 11 years old having sleepovers with cousins and we're telling ghost stories and then I'm weaving this encounter and hey, has anybody ever heard of this? Have you ever woke up and seen something in your room? And and most most would say no, but every now and then would say somebody say, Yeah, those are those are demons or those are witches and yeah, my dad had one you know, that that woke him up and you know, and those kind of things and, and it would just pique my interest in, in that of having that encounter. So um yeah, and that would that would you know go to maybe my choice of movies you know and the uh, horror and and occult genre as a kid, uh, being really in, intrigued in all that aliens UFOs, uh, scaring each other, um, so that that was monumental for me for just like you know steering 
the course of my life and yeah. then picking up witchcraft books as a teenager you know picking up uh, books on the occult and listening to dark music and stuff and so um, I got into the the occult as a teenager got into uh, um, Wicca and, and Satanism and uh, whatever we can find the Necronomicon any books like that and uh, ended up uh, just doing that a, a little bit just kind of dabbling and then yeah. um, I ended up going to a prayer meeting in 1998 um, the guy who was, uh, my, my mom was dating a guy that we were living with and his son was in Bible college and he was like an older brother type. He wanted to, uh, pick me up and bring me to, to play basketball and those kind of things, go swimming and all that. And then I remember him, uh, always inviting me to church and never wanted to go to church cause I wasn't into that. He'd invite me to prayer meetings, wasn't into that. Um, then he invited me to one again and I told him no to a prayer meeting I said yeah I don't want to go and he said well you might want to go to this one there's going to be a prophet's going to be there I said well what's a prophet and he said a prophet was like a Christian psychic and so I was like nice. yeah that, that that sounds interesting like I'll go check that out you know so I ended up going to this prayer meeting in 1998 and uh, um, being in that atmosphere with all of these people in a home meeting people were like listening to worship music and they had their eyes closed and some of them were crying and lifting their hands and there was just a really beautiful presence of peace in the room and um uh one of the guys who was there came and sat down on the couch next to me and asked me if i wanted to uh ask jesus to forgive me of my sins and uh i, I told him yeah you know it was one of those things where I, like i didn't want him not to forgive me sure i want him to forgive me I said, all right, brother, just pray yeah. with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, cleanse me of all my sins. I acknowledge the work that you did on the cross. And so I prayed that that prayer, and I, I meant it. And uh, when I did, I felt this beautiful fire come into me and go throughout my whole body and felt like it wow. was burning up and cleansing out all the wrong that I had ever done, all of my sins, wow. all of my li the lies I've ever told, all the stuff I did in secret that I was ashamed of. You know all of that like instantly and i begin to shake and tremble and cry and it was the baptism of the holy spirit upon profession and uh nobody prayed for me to receive it it was just like I, as i asked him to come into my life it was like poof, this overwhelming fire come upon me and um i was i was uh 13 when that happened and uh 1998 mm. and um so i only did that for a couple months now we we got that's all we did you know we did church meetings and prayer meetings and christian concerts for a couple months because i was new to this town i didn't know nobody except the christians that i started going to church with but uh once school let in i ended up going to school and just immediately getting into like the wrong crowd the people who were doing drugs and listening to satanic music and stuff like that so within the first two weeks i was you know backsliding if you will at the time and uh then I ended up, you know, getting back into the occult and, and going deeper and deeper and deeper into it and uh, ended up meeting a, a warlock who um, would teach us a lot of stuff. He'd have these huge parties and I would pick his brain about the occult, like everybody's partying, hanging out. And I'm just like picking his brain and he's telling me all of yeah. these interactions with entities and stuff that he's learned and experiences and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I'm eating it up. I love it. And so he's teaching us how to do little stuff here and there and just giving us wisdom and stuff. And we knew him for a while. And um, I ended up um, 
stealing something from him a couple maybe a couple months later a year later something like that and he ended up summon summoning a elemental spirit that had a he did a protection spell on his belongings and this entity like formed up out of the nothingness the ether and it was blacker than the darkest shade of night and it appeared and it looked like a eight foot tall camel and ran past me and my cousin and knocked us down um and so wait this he did this he did this on the spot like he summoned this being on the essentially this was something he did you know that's just the part of something with the long story well just to set it up a little bit more um is um, I was living out of town in Louisiana and my mom dropped me off in Alabama for the weekend for my birthday to hang out with all my old friends. And uh, I would just stay with a friend each night and then that Sunday night she was gonna come pick me up. So Friday night, Saturday night. All the friends that I stayed with each night, I stole stuff from them. I stole t-shirts, video games, controllers, because I knew that my mom was coming and gonna bring me back. It's about two and a half hours, three hours away where I was living at the time. And uh, so I had this duffel bag and I'm just stealing stuff from them. I go stay with a friend and then when, when it's time to leave, I just, when they turn their head, just I got a big duffel bag full of stuff and I can't wait to go back because got all this stuff. And so um, yeah. my mom ended up having car problems and couldn't come pick me up. So like Sunday night came around, I was like, hey, you need to find somewhere to stay. I'll come get you Monday morning. I was like, oh man. So we went and stayed in my girlfriend's treehouse at the time uh, for the night and then Next day rolled around, same thing. Uh, car's not fixed yet. I'll be there tomorrow. We gotta find somewhere to stay. So we ended up staying with the with the warlock, me and my cousin. And so I thought my mom was coming the next day, so I stole from him. Uh, he had a Dungeons and Dragons video game, and I put it in my duffel bag that was actually across the street in somebody's closet. I had it hidden under a bunch of stuff, so that when my mom came, I'm going across the street, grabbing the bag. See you guys later, you know, and. Um, so we're over there at his house. He they called him Pops and um or Dad. He was this the o- older guy and just tons of kids, just teenagers partying, drinking, smoking, all that stuff. So there's all these people over there and we're sitting in the living room and um there's a bunch of other older guys there that I'd never seen before and they're all older than everybody else and they're wearing like all black and we're sitting like almost in a circle in the living room and I'm looking at them and Somebody opens the door, one of my friends, opens the door, comes in, and hands the video game that I stole to the warlock. He hands it to him. And I'm, like, sitting across from him. And he he hands him the game, and I'm like, oh. And they look around, and they say, okay. And uh, and I knew that these guys were into, like, they're into, like, some really dark gang stuff. Like, uh... Like they mix the occult in with gang culture and, and saying gangster disciples and reading the Bible upside down. And so they weren't just witches. They were gangsters, too, you know, and all, and everybody was in in, in the gang. And um, so one at a time, one walked to the back, another one got up, walked to the back. And I'm like scared, you know, so, oh, we're fixing to get jumped or tied up or something. We're going to get beat up. And all the witches got up and went to the back. And I looked at my cousin. I said, hey, we got to go. He's like, why? There's a bunch of girls here. And it's, you know, it's like 7 o'clock. It's like, we're about to party, you know. I was like, no, we got to go now. It's like, I said, man, just get up and go outside. So we walk outside and I told him what happened. He's like, oh, man. So we go to this uh, car where there's a guy talking to a girl at his car. And I said, hey, man, can you give us a ride down the road? 
uh, I need to get out of here. I got, got somewhere I got to be. And, you know, so he's like, sure, man, jump in. So we get in a car with this guy. He drops us off down the street and we're going to stay the night at my girlfriend's treehouse again. But, um, you know, she was living with her parents, so we weren't supposed to be there. So he dropped us off down the road and we get ready to walk to um, her driveway. And there's like a tree line that we're kind of hiding behind until we can get a clear shot and run to it. And um, but when he dropped us off, we're looking and there's like this light that's floating through the yard. And it's almost like mesmerizing us. And I actually thought it was her dad with a flashlight, but we watched it probably 30 or 45 minutes until the sun started going down even more. And so we were like, okay, we gotta, we gotta go ahead and run for it. I think we gotta clear. So we go around the side of the tree line to this huge open field. And when we do, that's when the encounter happened. This, uh, uh, like I said, being look, eight foot tall camel is the only thing I can, you know, it was so fast, you know, and it was just a huge shadow just ran past us knocked me and him down and screamed and then vanished in the thin air whenever it passed us. Gosh. And so we got up shook and like, man, what the hell was that? And so we, we ran to the tree house or whatever. And uh, my mom ended up coming like a few days later. Um, but after that, like you would think that that would like keep me away from the occult. Like, hey, this is real. Don't play. This ain't nothing to play with. But me, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can get good like him. And I can learn how to summon yeah. these entities and to go attack my enemies and protect my belongings, you know? So they got up and went because to the back the, and did the spell at yeah. the back of the trail. I was just going to say, there's also, I, I think there's this thing in us that is actually, we come from, we come from a different place. Like we, we're wired, we're, we're created for the transcendent mm -hmm. as well as the mundane, but we are. And so if, um, whenever we see it i think even you know and at a young age as well where you there isn't maybe an example of of walking like christ or whatever like you you're looking for your heart is looking for that mm -hmm. eternity's in your heart you're looking for phenomena you're looking for the transcendent so even if it manifests in a way that's got a, a negative yeah. um motive behind it it's still feeding something i think in in us um so anyway yeah it's it's just yeah, well, I mean, you're right. I mean, in the the movies in Hollywood, you know, caters to that. Now, there there's some beautiful beautiful movies and stuff that that cater to some beautiful spirituality as well, you know, in Hollywood. But um, even with that, there's no tutorials. There's no yeah. Um, there's no uh, school of the prophets, you know, like there was in the scriptures and and people to to teach you or um, in school, you, you, you even told that it's not real, that it even Hollywood is just, you know, your imagination. Yeah. And, and even those encounters yeah, yeah. that you've had are, are, weren't real, you know? And, um, yeah. so yeah. And man, everyone's, everyone's had encounters as well. It's crazy. Like I was talking to someone about this recently, like you, um, cause we used to do a lot of like, you know, street evangelism and things like that. And I remember just like, whenever you ask someone and you say, have you ever had any kind of like supernatural experience? It's like, I don't think there's one person mm -hmm. that I've ever met and asked that question who doesn't say, oh man, when I was five years old, I had this dream or I got woken up in the night or I saw this ghost or whatever. It's like everyone yeah. has, um, has experienced that. I think there's this cognitive dissonance thing, you know, where they, they shut it out um, to try and cope with the fact that it's real and that, it, that it's there. It's beyond what they can handle. Yeah, and being able to label it too, you know, of what it is, you know. Um, yeah. As if any of our labels are, 
are correct. You know, um, I can tell you what I think it was, what it looked like. Do I know? I was just talking to a friend today even about the term Holy Spirit. You know, this this essence that that is inside of us and outside of us and communing with us. And we call it him, the Holy Spirit. And as if that's the, a name, first name, holy, last name, spirit. Um, but it just means a different spirit, like a set apart um, sacred, yeah. a sacred, a sacred spirit. And we just named him, hey, sacred spirit, you know, kind of thing. Um, and we yeah. interact with it by that name. Is that like in conception, like the name of, you know, <laughs> Father, Son and the Holy Spirit? You know, I don't think I don't think so. But but it became a way that we get to interact with it by by labeling it and giving it a name, you know. Um, so sure. being able to label things is uh, is it's you know it's huge for a lot of people what is it and we need to put it in a box and put a label on it and um and everything is really is op- is in the air you know for sh- for sure the more we break down the, the scriptures it's fun i love it um it's it's exciting but like the words don't mean what we think they mean and we give it these names and you know i'm big on yeah. the, the terms angel angel and demon or whatever and an angel just means a messenger. And we think that angels yeah. are good guys, demons are bad guys. And and these are yeah. just beings or entities or people who carry a message, a message for you. Yeah. And what I've learned is that the demons carry messages as well. And so, uh, and there's so much nuance in between that. What kind of angel, you know, uh, an elemental spirit, an elemental angel, a fire angel, a seraphim, a cherubim, a malachim, a raphaim, like, you know, a f- one of the four living creatures, a watcher, what type of angel? Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's so much just in these words that we get that we're okay just saying angel and demon. Yes, an angel, I saw an angel, brother, an angel came to me. Okay, what kind? What did it look like? Yeah. You know, what did it say? Yeah. You know, what was the message? Well, I don't think there was a message. Just let me see it what was communicated after, you know, that kind of thing. And so I, I love just that whole conversation and, and kind of like having the rug pulled out from under us in, in a good way, though, you know, not to like aha or to rain on your parade, but that we just go deeper into the mystique and the, and the mystery of God. Yeah, it's true. And and um, yeah, you're so right, man, like we we our labels create a sense of familiarity and with familiarity is then comfort so we can handle it and if you if you follow that train of thought back it's a lot of it is to do with fear and control often um and not not even in like a heavy way but often just because it's it is scary to live in mystery at first it's scary to fully entrust yourself to um to the love of god in the sense that you you're you're preserved by his love you he's keeping you he's protecting you he's the one who um sustains you maintains you protects you we the the um the mind always wants to make sense of things so that Mm. we can have some kind of sense of stability yeah and i think you're you're kind of touching on some of these principles of what true mysticism even is Mm. it's like a mystic to me or one characteristic of a mystic is it's a person who's willing to abandon themselves um, to to be held and to live in the awareness of their union with God. It's to not 
um, allow the mind, even our, our faculties of comprehension to limit, like to constrict this, um, this expanse of who God is. And that takes a, it takes, man, it takes practice. It takes like um, a deepening trust um, as we follow um, Holy Spirit or the Spirit of Truth or the Spirit of Holiness or whatever. Like you said before, yeah. you know, we follow this, this being, you know, yeah. who created all things into the into the blackness into the cloud and um you're right and it and it can be very um disruptive and daunting when you first start to realize like your mind is trying to make sense of things and you can actually become a witness of that and then you can go a step further and sort of like enter into this place of depth where you're your deeper faculties start to connect and commune. Um, but it means often surrendering some of those sort of like, um, what do you call them, training wheels, mm-hmm. you know, as as you enter into that that darkness, that deeper place. Mm-hmm. I don't mean darkness is an evil, but you know, you know what unfamiliar. I mean. Unfamiliar. Like, unfamiliarity, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah, because we um, familiarize ourselves, and, you know, even in the darkness, like if you wake up and... You know, you know where the walls at, kind of thing. And you, even though you're in darkness, you're familiar on how to, you know, maneuver in that darkness. And, yeah. and again, there's that place of like, I, I know where I, I'm at. Yeah. I know who I am. Um, I can name myself. I know how to get out of here. I know how to find the light, kind of thing, too. Um, yeah. But yeah. no, it's because it's scary for sure. You know, especially when we're trying to make sense of everything, and um, and we found something that brings us comfort and stability, and then. You know, we've given our lives over to it and then, you know, not just our lives, but our eternity over to it, you know, that I'm, well, I'm given, I'm, I signed up for this and I'm going to fight fight for it and defend it, you know, here and there. Um, so f- for people, you know, will get defensive, you know, when you challenge um, those mm. beliefs and, and we all do. And it's like that fight or flight um, because we want to f- have a sense of familiarity even if we're a hundred percent wrong it doesn't matter it brings it this belief brings us comfort and um and it works for us and many people won't move 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 beyond that and that's fine you know because um it never stops you know that you have to have a place of comfort a place of i can still touch bottom or at least of that still touch of bottom is that god's with me you know, he's never yeah. left me. I can swim now. Um, yeah. You know, so that's the comfort. Because that's, yeah. na- that's his name, right? The comforter. You know, that's totally. his name. <laughs> that's what his name, his title, <laughs> and his role. You know, he's the comforter. In a, in a wicked world, in a, a, a world of confusion and chaos, we need stability. Stability is comfort. Even if it's within our yeah. own misunderstandings to know that you know so that, that we're loved and we're going to be taken care of no matter what the situation the circumstance looks looks like everyone needs that and that's what we have to applaud religion and christianity because it provides that for many people and it's true it's real it's yeah. tangible you know yeah i agree i think um yeah it's it's true it's real and it's providing that there's also this aspect of like, um, you know, this this seems like a sharp um, turn, like to sort of talk about this, but there's also, you know, and this is something I've been thinking about a lot 
especially in the current climate that we're in, is there is a lot of division that is in the body of Christ. And there is a lot of like dualism. There's a lot of like, um, um, yeah, just division. Like in a time where um, you, you would think that wisdom would trickle down from heaven in a united voice, all the nuance of um, the sound of many waters, you know, would start to rush down. And um, in, this, in this current time that we're in, it's like it feels sometimes... This is, and this is just from my perspective. Like it's, it seemed hard to really um, find a clarity in terms of like what is the wisdom of God for right now. And I know there's a simplicity to that as well, mm-hmm. um, in terms of um, be still and know He is God. He will be exalted amongst the nations. And there's, we can draw from the wisdom of scriptures and things like that. But there is this division that um, I feel like it's what's kept. The church powerless for century after century and it's it's to me it's one of the ways that the enemy leavens himself in is um is to create division so that we would at the full strength of who christ's body is apart from the comfort of i agree with this doctrine mm-hmm. or i agree with that doctrine or i'm part of this tradition of christianity or that tradition of christianity or whatever you know and um you know, for, for modern evangelicals or Protestants, it's like they would look at a Catholic person and, you know, like I know Protestants who just, who would say, would go as far as to say they're not even, they're not even saved. They're not even, yeah. which because, is to say like they're Because Catholics say God. that about like them, you know, that you have to yeah, be, well, totally. be born, on, you know, born again under their, their church. And no, the no church. they don't recognize yeah. any other church. Every, every yeah. other church is apostate. But that's every church, you know, that, that you know, this division yeah, you're this, talking about, you know. Whether it's overt or not, it, yeah, you're right. It's like if we, if we were serious about mm-hmm. not creating unity, yeah. but acknowledging we are in union, yeah. whether we like it or not, the scary thing is that we are already in union. Yeah. I think that's actually what we try and run from or hide from. Well, that's why, um, I, that's and why, that's why I don't why, have a problem with those guys anymore, you know, and... Um, and I appreciate them, yeah. and I'm not trying to win them either. You know, I'm not trying to win the yeah. Catholic. I'm not trying to win the Baptist. I'm like, listen, if this working for you, man, especially the climate, helping you to maintain, especially the climate, man, keep on more power to you. Um, but I really feel that there's a balance in the force. Like there must True. be a balance, and and so um, one thing I have. Uh, notice in the Christian mystics, mystical circle is there is this there is a diversity and there is room for diversity and many different um, uh, groups that are forming and it's growing it really is you know the Christian mystical movement um, and and we're choosing our battles wisely you know um, even if you don't agree with it even if you think it's wrong or you never just listen i'll keep it to myself it's working for them and and there has been this beautiful camaraderie that you don't have to like agree on all of the far out stuff you can even be a skeptic or critique it and and it's all love you know what i'm saying it's like because we have so many different uh things that you can choose from to encounter god or or and there's reasons why you believe certain things and reasons why you're coming out of certain things so in the Christian mystical movement, it's been beautiful because I've been able to kind of see that diversity in the body of Christ of look at all of these people yeah. who would embrace me, 
You know what I'm saying? Of somebody like what I bring to the table, I'm stretching the limits for sure. You know, and 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 I'm it's hard a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow. A lot of stuff I bring to the table, um, mm. but for others, they're hungry. They're asking questions too, and they respect what I bring to the table. Um, it's just been awesome to see that. But as far as on that massive scale of the Protestants and then the Catholics and then the hellfire brimstone people and then the heresy hunters, like all these people going at each other and people critiquing each other. It's like, uh, again, I think I I, I appreciate it because they all have a place in the body, you know, that that I'm that I can see. And um, because obviously one person may be the hand, one person may be the foot, those kind of things. But we have different functions. But I think it would be silly for everybody to be just like me or be like the Catholics or be all the evangelicals who listen to the same music, listen to the same pastors. In a weird way, we want that. We want everybody to go to Todd White conferences or everybody to believe this doctrine. And 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 that's ever changing for the mystic and for the for the real seeker, for sure. That's that's always changing. So you want to. I want you to believe with me at every level I'm at. Those ones that are more concrete, right? The ones I've kind of just named. Um, I feel like they bring us balance to critique and to make sure that that we're walking in love, uh, not arrogance or trying to win people or or whatever. So I I, I got to a place where I appreciate those people, you know. And yeah. um, and if they have questions, we're you know always here to to try our best to, yeah. to answer questions and stuff. and what, But the biggest the biggest obstacle is to walk in unity and love those people. The only thing is they would never, it goes back to what we said, they, they wouldn't recognize me or any other church outside of their church as even being authentic, born again. Um, yeah. But for me, like, so th- that's the only thing. We, we would acknowledge them. But they would never acknowledge. Well, some of it's us, some know? of it's changing within. I know within Catholicism, um, since there was a council, it's it's. Um, I can't find it in my my mind right now. Um, that was fairly recent. I'm talking like 50 years or something. Mm-hmm. And Catholics now acknowledge um, other denominations as ecclesial communities. So that's what they call it. So. They would say the authority, the line of authority, because that's a, a lot of what the argument's about. The line of authority is inherited. You know, it's like it's stewarded by the bishops and it can only come down that one line. Mm-hmm. And that's one of their main doctrinal things that keeps them so strongly in that tradition. But they have actually come to a, a place of accepting now that um, there are these ecclesial communities that are, you know, I guess I guess if they were honest and they didn't they didn't say it in in nice language they would say are led by lay people basically, whereas you got like the Eastern Orthodox and this is an interesting topic as well they they seem to be more strict in terms of um, who's in and who's out mm-hmm. um, and that sort of conversation yet their theology um, you know they don't have like an original sin theology they have um, way more of a recognition of the oneness of of all people, even even those outside of the faith, you know, mm-hmm. and that we're all actually sustained and held together in Christ, um, and there's a truth to that. Um, so that's a whole nother conversation. But I, I used to actually work in a Catholic church. I did for a season, and the Lord led me in this mm-hmm. 
strange journey and I ended up um, getting to know that culture and it was really it was a growth journey for me for the reasons that you're talking about um, because I was so comfortable in the part of the body that I was um, I was known in mm-hmm. and I was familiar with yeah and then I, I had to put aside all these judgments because I knew that there was a pathway that was opening up that was um, being opened up by the spirit it was being created by the spirit and I was just following that path but all my conditioning would come into my awareness and I had to kind of work through that and deal with that and you know things like the Eucharist man this is this is wild like the Eucharist so like the um and maybe some of these people are listening because they're actually friends of mine and and um, track with me a little bit but I worked in this church and they had like a chapel and I remember going into this prayer chapel and they have the exposed Eucharist and the priest said to me, he goes, um, once this wafer is blessed, he goes, I'll die for this wafer. He goes, before it's blessed, it's nothing. It's a cracker. He goes, once it's blessed, I'll die for it. And it was so confronting to me, you know, because like our, our background in communion is so different yeah. to that within Protestant, Protestantism. And then I remember walking into this chapel and despite my mind, the potent presence of Jesus in that in that room literally in that space mm-hmm. where the exposed eucharist was was like i didn't know what to do with it and then i brought a friend in one day who's actually more prone to like doctrinal stuff and he's a little bit less like um naturally open in in terms of mysticism and things like that and he goes man what the heck is going on in this room because you could feel it mm-hmm. it was like potent and i didn't know what to do with that so um Anyway, that's a bit of a tangent, but it's true. There is, um, yeah, there is, there, is a un- there is a unity that is underlying, I think, across traditions. And I think you're right. Yeah, we need, you were talking about the balance of some of these more rigid traditions. Um, and I agree. I think there's something of even honor. Like I've noticed, yeah. um, and maybe you could speak into this, like even in the charismatic um, in the charismatic church, like the last, or even take... Um, Pentecostalism and things like that. Um, there, there have been things that have happened within the prophetic movement, like the last twenty years, um, manifestations that have happened and stuff. And I, I remember reading these books on the lives of the saints, and I was like, wait a second, this is like the same stuff that was happening centuries and centuries and centuries ago. But it's almost like when you talk to a charismatic person, they're having arguments still sometimes around some of the things that are happening, whether it's gold dust or it's different things like that. But you, you read some of the lives of the saints, you're like, this was happening. This was happening. Oil, manifestations of manna, manifestations of gold. It was all happening for centuries before. And so there's this thing that we, we can cut off our tradition in an unhealthy way as well in the name of um, our freedom and um, not being rigid and things like that. But there is a balance. It's like um, it's a thing of honor and recognizing the storehouse of wisdom that's being stewarded. Um, but we, but then we also just need to innovate. We need to like move forward in freedom as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you have any comments on that. Yeah, I mean, I just you know what I've done with my podcast and just people in general. Like, I just try to double down on the parts that I uh, can agree with or find find common ground on. You know, versus like. Yeah, on the other end, other spectrum, looking for what we disagree with, which is where most of 
said people would the first thing they see is the thing that makes them different you know what do you believe about this what do you, and i remember meeting christians back in the day just when i was just strictly church stuff like um they would like almost interrogate me of my beliefs and like okay was jesus god or was he the son of god and they keep like going through all of these things until until you you disagree with them on something and then you, once you disagree yeah. with them like okay yeah that's that's what was off about you or that's why you know that's why yeah, we can't walk right. together we can't do ministry and they won't be your friend because you're you don't agree with them on this one thing and it's like wow so like i caught the yeah. i caught a lot of that stuff when i was in it i call it doctrine banging just like gang banging coming from the streets and like hey man what set you with man what you who you with you know and you, you got that going on with the, with the church you know folks too and um <laughs> but yeah i try to just find common ground with people and and build there and i don't have an like um, I guess an agenda for, for the most part to like try to convert somebody or, or change them. The agenda is just, you know, whatever it takes for them to, you know, draw closer to God, depending on where they are, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. For them and just yeah. res respecting their journey. I don't care if you're like, you know, hellfire preacher brimstone, but listen, it's your journey. I, I, I appreciate what you're doing and because uh, you think I'm going to hell. And I honestly don't respect you if you don't proselytize, right? If you don't tell me I'm going, if you think I'm going to hell, but you just kind of turn your head the other way and not tell me, you know, um, yeah. that's, you know, how, how, um, how shallow of a, a human being are you not to care about my eternal soul? So people believe these things for a reason, you know, and they have, they preach yeah. them with such conviction and, and it's truth to them. And you really can't tell them otherwise unless they go deeper into it or have an, an awakening. And I've done all of it, man. Like I've been at every, you know, part of, of that and um, kind of come full circle. But I do think it's strange how like, you know, we want everybody to be like us. Like, why can't you just be a mystic? Why can't you just do this and contemplate yeah. the love of God all day? Or then on the other hand, because I know Christians who are like, they're into like the, um, in the mystic movement where they're like caught up in the heavens all day and they're just in the heaven or they're token the ghost and laughing and like they're drunk in the spirit all day so much so where they look into the camera and you know all the, and it's just yeah. like this weird thing and hey it, it works for them god bless you and your community um but it'd be weird if every christian like the entirety of the body of christ was doing that i think it'd be strange you're caught up in the heaven, taking trips to the heaven all day, every day. I think that'd be weird. Just like it would be weird if all of, all of Christendom and all of the mystics and everybody were on the street corners holding up signs, preaching repentance to the end. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. Like they think that that's the right way and how everybody's supposed to do it. Imagine if all of Christendom did it. We're on every corner in the entire. That would be very strange if that was like our, you know, our mo modality is like everybody was <laughs> John the Baptist, you know, God, you know, hates sinners, you know, stuff. So I love the diversity and the individuality that that God has in the body, and we mentioned it. You say how you know Catholics are kind of coming around and saying, yeah, I recognize those people as being. You know, they're on our team. I'll say that. Um, a big part of my awakening was, was hearing um, Billy Graham and Robert Shuler. Mm. And Billy Graham said that these jokers had Muslims, Hindus, people who have never even heard the name of Jesus 
were a part of the body of Christ. And he said they may have not even heard that name. And that, that blew me, man. And that was so deep, and it still is for me to this day, a part of my awakening. Mm. And I put it in my music, and it was just so so big for me to to see how expansive Robert Schuller said the body of Christ is, and kind of going back to um, you know Romans one and two that if a uh, a Gentile you know by nature do the things that are written of in the law and nobody told him to you know that they become a law unto, to himself you know and um, I, I just I, I find yeah. that how God deals righteously with all men. Um, the one thing that I do, the caveat I do have is that they would repent, you know, the book of Acts said, as long as you will turn away from your sins, like God will deal righteously with you. And, and there's levels to that, what that is, turn from that, which is killing sure. you, whether it's the Mosaic law, like you got a lot of different realms of, of what that means. But, um, just to, to know that God loves everybody and, um, everybody's a, a child of God. You know, it changes things for me. The gospel changed for me. It wasn't something that if you ask him to forgive you, then he will. But if you don't ask him, he won't. And you had to ask him. You mm. had to do something. And then so it moved from more of a, a universal standpoint of like, you're already forgiven. You just don't know it. Like before, yeah. while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. And so it's just a good work that we get to declare I don't care if you believe it or not. Now you believing it and you applying that grace to your life transforms you. You know that it gives you the ability to turn from your sin once you know how 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 loved you are and you can't undo what yeah. Christ did for everybody, but but you can you can uh have that ministry of reconciliation, letting them know, declaring that good news that hey, God loves you. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you and that that transforms Bible says that the, it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. And so we just got to let him know how good he is, you know? Yeah, it's true, man. I, uh, um, you just said so much in that. Um, I, at first, I feel like um, what you were saying about, oh, yeah, if people were standing on the street and saying repent and, and that whole thought is... Um, I feel like there's often there's an evolution that happens um, in terms of revelation. Mm. And so like you see the last 20 years, I mentioned before, like the prophetic movement, prophecy comes. And then we, we love to find our sense of belonging within the movement rather than let the movement move us somewhere. And then it can settle down and find its place. You know, you talk about the people who are just like drunk in the spirit in the heavens and whatever. And, um, I'm all for that as well, man. Yeah. Like I, John Crowder was so um, influential yeah. to me in, in some of my earlier journey when I was spending eight hours a day just seeking the Lord, you know. And, um, and I remember at that time, you know, you couldn't say John Crowder because it was like, oh, he's into universalism and he's, he's, he's gone off the path. And people, were, people would say the most disturbing things about him without actually even understanding where he was coming from. Yeah. Um, for example, and yeah, there's something about, I see this even with the mystical movement. It's like, we don't want to be a mystical movement because it can just be another, um, thing that we are then defined by at the same time. Like we're talking about labeling it, giving it a label. Okay. That's the mystical movement. That's something that you're in and that's something you can walk away from. Right. 
Yeah. Well, I'm not a mystic exactly. anymore, man. I'm, I'm more mainly like, what? You know? Yeah. Once you give it that name, yeah. then it, you, you create a box. Yeah. 100%. And people, they're tossed to and fro by winds of doctrine. Yeah. They're, they're going in and out of these different movements and yeah. they're looking. There's a deeper thing in them that I think is looking to be satisfied. They're looking for, you know, my wife said this recently. It's like people want accountability of some kind. They want to. It's almost like they just want to go like, man, you, you're doing okay. You're doing good. You're fine. You're all right. Mm-hmm. You're okay. Like, and what you were saying about that perspective of the gospel, that like you didn't ask for forgiveness, God forgave you, now he's all right. Because then you're only okay until you do the next wrong thing. <laughs> and then he turns his face away. Messes a lot of and people up, man. you're not in his man. favor anymore. Yeah. And it's like a recipe for your own effort. Yeah. And actually, man, that's that's... That's the most lethal thing to, I think, the body of Christ. The most poisonous thing is us reaching beyond what's already there to find something, but it's already inside of us. And that's where the path of the mystic is powerful because it's a recognition that it's done. I've been joined together with Christ in the likeness of his death Mm -hmm. and therefore in the likeness of his resurrection. I now share in his life and it's the discovery of what's already inside of you. Um, I think that's that's powerful and i think like if we could if we could reference paul you know who he was willing to suffer the loss of all things his reputation he was a spiritual man he was a pharisee of pharisees Mm -hmm. you know in terms of tradition and practice he was like intense but he was like that's that's not what i'm clothing myself in like i've been clothed in christ that's that's where i find my sense of self um and again, this is where I think, yeah, mysticism is really powerful. If you can walk that fine line of um, benefiting and acknowledging these different streams and what they offer, what they bring to the table, but um, also be willing to suffer the loss of all those things for the sake of this intimate knowledge, that's actually a gift. It's been given to us by him apart from our own involvement. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we just get to respond to goodness. Yeah. And we get to um, receive it. That's and um, receptivity, being able to receive, I feel like is one of the hardest things to cultivate and to and to learn how to do. Um, and that's why we can be so prone to our own effort. It's because like it's actually just very hard to receive because we learn or we're conditioned with like this idea that there's always a hook. You know, there's always some kind of agenda involved. Yeah when something is given for free so to just receive the simplicity of that like Mm -hmm. christ did it it's yours we were all included in his death and it's it's now it's done grace was given to us before time began um you know because i've heard people say like there i've heard people's argument you know with some of what you said about this more universal perspective Mm -hmm. i've heard people say that's just heretical they would say, um, well, then what do we do? What about evangelism? Yeah. What about like, and it's like, we have to have something to do to define ourselves mm. by rather than just being, um, you know, if you think about sexual intimacy, it's like, why do you do that? Because it's fun. And then in the fun and in the pleasure, you reproduce, like stuff happens. So you can actually reproduce just simply by enjoying and being a receiver of something good. But that's, I think that's a mentality that it can be hard for people yeah. to accept. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that takes a little while too of like, you know, because it's like, how do you, you know, where do we go from here? You know, do we just tell people? Yeah. And um, 
I've heard critics of it, you know. Um, well, don't tell anybody because then you give people the ability to reject Christ once you tell them or share yeah. the gospel, you know, and that kind of thing. And you're setting people up for failure if everybody's already saved or whatever the case is. But, um, yeah. yeah, I think we're, you know, we're, we're, we're still, you know, diving into what it, what it looks like, too, you know, because this is something. Yeah. It's not new, but it's new to us, you know, now. Um I, I do feel like it was a, a doctrine that was believed by by the early church, and um, it, but for us, it's very new for Christianity of you know for sure twenty first century. So, and I think I think again the same sort of theme we've been on is like I because you know I I've gone back and forth in terms of the clear doctrine of it and looking in scripture, mm-hmm. but the more that I. I mature the more I'm also just happy to sit in the mystery a little bit and mm-hmm. acknowledge like there's even though I can't fully piece everything perfectly together like it's mm-hmm. clear that God's love extends universally but in terms of you know the nuts and bolts of it it's like we're, we'll figure it out like it'll yeah. the Lord will give us more and more understanding as we need it and it's yeah. it's going to be okay um, but I would like to I'd love to ask you a bit more about um we were talking about um, just just the nature of God in in other people, even people who are of different faiths. Like this has been a journey for me that mm-hmm. I recently has become a whole lot more deep, um, and it was something that I could communicate and I agreed with. But um, kind of going through a recent detox, which we were talking about before we started recording. Um, of of christian culture and just i realized how much of myself i had suppressed in the name of accommodating where people were at because and that's no one else's fault that's ultimately comes down to my own fault but Mm. it was the fear of like recognizing what the general consensus was within a group and then you know sometimes there's a fear of like if i just be myself and i don't agree um we have these experiences where it doesn't turn out very well Mm. and that was kind of what it was like for me and so um i ended up having the lord took me on a beautiful journey of just rediscovery um and reinvention and finding myself again and going like right to the edge out into the wilderness but then something of the person um of christ and the nature of god in christ just held me intact somehow through all of it all the mess and um what i came out with or one of the things that i came out with is you know getting around people of different um spiritual traditions and people on different pursuits realizing how much of their journey is not that different to what's happening in the christian world Mm -hmm. and and then also realizing that sometimes the modalities and the practices the way things are that things are constructed can be almost um, on a when we're talking about pragmatism, like just a whole lot better, even um, in terms of effectiveness, mm-hmm. and um, it's because they they explain it more. You know, we just get an overview with the Bible. We don't. The Bible doesn't specialize in any of those modalities. You know, they give you. A, you we're yeah. reading a story about people who were operating in it, and and maybe even studied their whole life on on how to use these tools, how to use yeah. crystals, how to use. You know how to. Uh, you know, hear God in, 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 in the dream state or how to communicate with angels, you know, and so there's no tutorial that we read about. And so 
these other, you know, traditions, they've been doing it for thousands of years and it's passed down, you know, for uh, for tradition and even books in some cases. And But the Bible's full of that. We just don't have any, any tutorials and we're trying to create some and, you know, we there, there are people. Bethel's doing a really good job. Morningstar did a really good job. Um, and a lot more people who, who are continuing to kind of carry that, that torch and that flame and, and flesh stuff out a little bit just so it's yeah. less taboo. Um, and it's But that's part of the journey now. You know, there is this weird thing. Maybe it's supposed to be like that, you know, or because or, it, it is now like 100%, whether it was supposed to be or not. But there's this thing where you kind of have to step out into the deep and aban- almost abandon your faith. You're not abandoning it, yeah. but you have to step away from the religion of your fathers and say, okay, I'm going to go take that journey. I'm going to go learn. Yeah. I'm going to go study. It's in you. Outside, you know, you, you tell anybody, you're done. You know, so it's stuff you're looking at in private. And even that, oh, I can't let them know that I'm watching these videos. I can't let them know I bought this book. Maybe I need to burn the book. Let's throw the book away. Let's get rid of these, these <laughs> necklaces and pendulums and... No, it's not of God, you know, and so that whole process for the believer is crazy. It's, we call it the pendulum process. I about went mad going through 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 that part of the journey, and that's why I, I, I speak yeah. about it so openly to help people, like, get through that, just not to lose their mind. And then your whole, you know, church family and people who love you with all their heart, they they think you're an enemy or you're deceived or you got demons in you now yeah. you know and all of these stuff just because and you try to pray against it and you rebuke it and you fast it away god i don't want to touch nut if it's not of you i don't want it and it just never leaves it gets stronger you know, man god <laughs> is calling me to look into reiki what the heck you know or and i'm just throwing a yeah. name out there or or to go hang out with hindus why is there this overwhelming zeal within me to to do yoga it makes me feel so alive it makes my body feel cleansed and and i feel healthy and i I, i'm clear-headed but every all the christians are saying it's demons that i'm opening up myself to demons when i do these positions and trying to rationalize that as a a believer you know i could drive you mad and it it about drove me you know do you have um like because i i it's even you talking, man, it's like, um, it's really, it's even impacting me for some reason because I, yoga is a good example. I, I remember, actually, I'll start with breath work, like maybe six years ago. Yeah. Um, I think it was just Wim Hof. Like mm-hmm. I, I was always looking, I was spending eight hours in meditation and, and seeking the Lord it, the, in the best way I knew how. Just A lot of it was just praying in the spirit because I didn't mm-hmm. know what else to do and and I remember my mind and my body always felt like it was resisting what was opening up in the spirit. And and I know especially for Christianity, I don't think there has been a lot of emphasis on the body. Yeah. And there hasn't been a lot of a holistic approach around the yeah. body. And, um, and I started doing breath work because I discovered it and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so different. Yeah. I feel like the the frenetic energy in my body is which i wouldn't have had that language but like is being is discharging and it's helping me to kind of integrate as i'm engaging in these like mind expanding experiences Mm -hmm. that are triggering and contradicting how my body's been programmed um and i remember even bringing it up with like close friends and saying man i did like this 
breathwork thing. Like I didn't even use that language. Just like these breathing things. And the response was so like dismissive that I was like, I'm never talking about that again. Mm-hmm. And I just like kept it to myself. But every morning I get up at three and the first thing I do is this deep breathwork practice and it would just awaken my spiritual senses. My body would rest and it would calibrate into the spirit. And um, and yeah, like what, and, and you know, more recently it's been yoga. Like I, I started going to a yoga school and I'm, I walk in and this is like part of my journey and I'd love to hear just to, to try and draw out of you some of what's been helpful for you. I went into this yoga studio and it's like a yoga school. So not like the Western, like um, we're going to do a 30 minute flow yoga. It's not like that. It's like, this is the dude who runs this is a yogi. Like that's what he does. And I felt drawn to it through a series of events. And the Lord had kind of begun to deal with the fear of just like going into these Mm -hmm. kinds of places. Because we walk by conscience. We follow the leading of the Lord speaking to us in our conscience. And I go in there, there's a massive like Vishnu on the wall or like Shiva, one of these gods. And it's like, (laughs) I'm like, wow, I'm in deep right now. Um, But so much peace in my heart. And then doing this practice, it includes breath work, meditation, everything. It's not just the physical asana. Mm -hmm. And then it gets to a point. And I remember one time the Lord, they're doing this chanting. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the chanting is because it's not in English. And it's just like, repeat after me. And people are just like chanting. And there was one point where I felt the Holy Spirit inside of me go, I do not want you to chant that. And I just like, that was it. That was Mm -hmm. my moment. And I just kept my mouth shut. Mm -hmm. And then afterward, he he explained what that meant. And he goes, um, that one was honoring this deity or whatever. It was like a direct, like yeah. worshiping of, of some idol yeah. or whatever. Um, but yeah, I would love to hear like some of your journey, like that part of your journey yeah. where I, you feel to, pulled to, into these. integrate some of that into being a Christian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, some of those, obviously, I mean, I'm with you on the chanting. I want to know what it means. You know, I want to know, hold on. What are you, yeah. what, what am I, uh, you know, saying, invoking? Who, whose praises am I singing? Yeah. Um, so there's some beautiful ones out there that, that, um, that, that are awesome, you know? And, and so f- for me, I think learning vibration was a big one, you know, learning and I know that's kind of with the awakening too and sound and, um, uh, cymatics and stuff like that. Everything is moving and vibrating. Everything has a song. And so the OM, OM is one of the first chants you do, right? If you're trying to meditate, right? Uh, what is that? What do yeah. we, don't chant OM, you're invoking a deity. And so um, just researching it, I, I come to understand that it's the song of the sun that we're joining, because that's the, 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 like the tone that the, the sun is supposedly um, resonating at and making that sound. And so in my mind, just like the scripture says that if we cease to praise, that the rocks will cr- begin to cry out. You know, I used to think the rocks would mm. start singing worship songs that open up. But it's like, no, the rocks are already, <laughs> already like worshiping and they have a resonance as well that they're singing back to their creator. So for the Om, I would be like, OK, well, we're, I'm joining with the sun honoring the creator everything mm-hmm. is honoring the creator in, in, in resonance and so when we do om i'm in my mind i'm joining with the sun to honor the creator so i'm singing the song of the sun back to the creator so i would rationalize that in my mind i have beautiful encounters and then there was another a chant one of the first chants i learned was uh, ramadasa i don't know if you're familiar with that but it's ramadasa 
Sase so hung. And so he's like, Ra, we're calling on Ra. The sun, you know, these weird Christian things, that, you know. But, you know, but when you break it down, it, it, it literally means what I just explained with the sun. It's like I'm joining with the earth, joining with the sun, joining with the moon, and all of creation to honor the creator. It's like, Ra, Ma, Da, Sa, Sa, Se, So, Hung. It's like, no, that's, I can get down with that. Listen, I'm going to join with all creation and offer praises yeah. with my brothers and sisters, you know. So that was an easy way for me to rationalize those kind of things. That's good. Um, but then let's get into, so I don't, honestly, I don't use the, the gods and stuff um, or, or really, uh, you know, iconography even, but I understand them. And I would even be okay if I, if I needed to, though. So if, if I was in a place that is a symbol of the one all of those you know christians make fun of hindus got 17,000 gods you don't even know all the gods you serve you know and they whatever all of that uh goes back to an emanation and if you want all, all you got to do is look at catholicism it's the same mm. thing that these people these saints are closer to an aspect of God. They literally represent an aspect of God that you pray to uh, and you ask for assistance. You're not, you know, so there's certain there's certain saints that, that you would pray to and ask to, to intercede for you because they're closer to God when it comes to um, having a child, a woman who is having birth problems. Well, there's a there's a saint that you pray to for birth problems sure. or whatever. So that's the image you you may get a card or the statue or or read something about it. I don't know. And and all of these the way that we're wired, it's this oneness of of a, the Creator. But we need a lot of times we need symbols and signs and things like that to be able to explain them. I mean, allegory even so. Um, learning that with with Hinduism also helped me with Catholicism, with the saints and the angels and invoking yeah. different things. And then we got to go back to the Bible. It's almost like the different names of God. When we like we have all of these Jehovah Rapha, you know what I'm saying? Je Je uh, Jehovah Shalom, He's my peace. Well, I'm calling upon this aspect of God. God, I need your Shalom in my life. Jehovah Shalom, come and, uh, and sit so with true. me. Uh, I, uh, Jehovah Jireh, He's my provider. Like God become, he is, I am that I am. I will be whatsoever I yeah. will be. Whatever you yeah. need me to be, I'm going to be it. You will need me to be your provider. I'm that. You need me to fight for you. You need me to take up for you. You need a place to live. You need a shelter. You need food. I got you. And so I see that a lot of the, the Hindu and Indian stuff the same way is that in, in, mm. and those who know their stuff will tell you, yeah, they're, they're emanations. They just, they are a personification of this side of God, the warrior aspect, the animal kingdom or whatever. And I don't, you know, claim to understand it all, but I did have a beautiful conversation. One of my most popular ones was with, with a girl named Danya um, about bhakti yoga. And I, I asked her and she, you know, mm. I asked, hey, like, you know, the allegory is this because I'm, I'm feeling it in my spirit that it's the same thing as Catholicism. Obviously, the, the iconography is there. Everything is the same. Right. Um, but the, the the words are different. The the, the pic pictures are different, and it's the same thing. Yeah. So, like I don't do that just because it's not a part of my practice. But I could I could look at that and see God. 
Like if I needed to, I can I look at everything and see God. I look at the sunset, I see God. I look into the waters and I see him. I look into my daughter's eyes. I look at my dog smiling back at me. Like I see, I see God in everything. So if I needed to look at Shiva and it was the only thing I had or I was with those people, I could look at that and see how it fits my tradition and not blaspheme or, or be serving the God. I think the serving the God is where you would look at that as, again, its own entity, as being separate. And this is the, the thing, much like make, you know we, people would say the Catholics are doing with, with the images or pictures of Jesus and, and even symbols to yeah. begin with. So I look at everything as an emanation of the Creator. And I love the, the allegory. Um, that's within the Bible as, as um, with the with the characters in the Bible about, you know, our our walk and, and what we go through and what we face. So everything's telling a deeper story. If we can, you know, sit with it long enough or look at it long enough, we can be able yeah. to trace it back. Um, I'm not saying you should you-, you should do that. But if needed, if needed, I would say. That's good. It's good. It's a way to navigate your conscience and it's a way also. Um, I think you, you you were talking about like vibration and um, is that what you is that the word you use? I can't remember, mm-hmm. but um, I feel like understanding energetics to just like in a small way helps us to understand. Like when we when we direct our attention or our affections, it's actually our own energy that we are directing and aligning with some aspect of God. Mm-hmm. So it's like it isn't because we we so like. I feel like sometimes there's such a, a worry of like if I just get it wrong somehow, like I practice the wrong thing, yeah, I'm gonna be outside of God's favor or something, and and then it's like I'm gonna get a demon or, or whatever. So it's like if I do a yoga practice, like I do this asana, I'm now because of the physical thing I'm doing, I'm opening up my body to demons. But if it, but it's about energetics. So it's like you're connecting vibrationally with the nature of god you can just do it in everything and and that's having the ability to see that christ is in all things and then nothing's going to happen you're not going to you're not going to get a demon it's not like it's not like oh no like they got in through a back door and i didn't know i didn't understand and so now i'm i'm stuck you know Mm. or or whatever um so yeah uh and you know because i another thing i wanted to ask you was about um breath work specifically around like kundalini breath work mm-hmm. and um and yeah like i so kundal the kundalini breath work or kundalini spirit has been a topic of controversy um in especially in charismatic mm-hmm. in the charismatic world because of some of the manifestations mm-hmm. that happened in in certain renewals and things like that mm-hmm. Um, and then the association with like these Kundalini um, yoga retreats and things like that, and the similar sort of manifestations or the same manifestations happening. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm hesitant because I've never really talked about this before, but um, it, my own journey with that was like, you know, and, and in line with what you're saying, like you can kind of, you can put aside the philosophy or you can rationalize it so that your heart stays yeah. in a place where it's directed toward the Lord. But in terms of practice, often these practices are really practical. Um, it's like it's like people. This is something I've been thinking about a lot recently. It's like you think of some of the patriarchs, like Abraham, for example. Like he comes from a like a 
pagan mm-hmm. or sun, idol sun worshiping, worshiping polytheistic yeah. culture mm-hmm. um and i remember once finding this scripture in um it's in genesis and it says and it's actually isaac and it says and isaac went out to the field to meditate it's just this one liner and it stuck with me yeah and i was like wait a second was he did he have a bethel worship track on did he you know like he went out into the field to meditate yeah that means he had a practice where did his practice originate from because it didn't originate from modern christianity didn't originate from the early church didn't originate from the desert fathers it was originated from the tradition that he was part Mm -hmm. of it had to it had to have and he just that's what he had that's the tools that he had to connect to spiritual things and he was just following the tradition that he had but he was following Yahweh um and so it's just like it's interesting how like your philosophy can be um can stay intact and it's Christocentric or even Christological Mm -hmm. but you can have all sorts of practices so I'd love to hear your perspective on that on especially Kundalini Mm -hmm. um and I just want to say something for listeners as well um because this can be really triggering is just have an an open mind with this um and do your own research and go digging because you you just you may not know everything and and consider what you've just heard from some heresy hunter or whatever or some even pastor that's respectable and go and do some of your own research into Mm -hmm. these things but yeah i would love man if you could share some of your opinion on that yeah this is it's become really um popular um scary um lately and so it's one of my biggest things where i've done a couple videos on it early on even and um sure a lot of people find it and it scares it scares the hell out of them you know um that i that you're literally like opening yourself up to another spirit a foreign spirit kind of thing and maybe it should be you know what i'm saying it should be scary like because it's new right yeah it's as in it's you never heard it before so um for me, yeah, uh, with my awakening, um, a huge shift happened for me, and I quit judging people off of what they said and more off of what they did. And I feel like that's what Jesus told us to do. He says, judge everything according to its fruit. Wait in due season, that tree is going to give you some fruit. Yeah. Be not deceived, an apple's not going to give you an orange orange uh, apple tree is not going to give you an orange orange tree is not going to give you an apple fig tree is going to produce figs and so if it doesn't then it'd be thrown into the fire um so i started looking at the fruit in people's lives and so that's what opened me up to be able to talk to mystics or i say mystics uh hindus or new agers or whatever the case is um because i seen fruit in their life and uh and it was contradictory because like in my mind it's like hold on like it's essentially fruit of the Holy Spirit. And what I mean by that, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, yep. virtue, like self-control. Why you guys, if somebody disagrees with you, you lash out and yell. That's not self-control. Like those fruits let yeah. you know when people have been hanging out with the Holy Spirit because there are certain fruits yeah. that you're naturally going to produce. So I started judging people that way. Um, not be like, hey, brother, I... I read the Bible and I'm a pastor at so-and-so church, but the guy got, you know, all kinds of stuff going on in his closet and cheating on his wife and, you know, whatever. But you don't get to see that. Um, but it's, so I judge the fruit in the heart. And I, I'm, it goes deeper just like of, of like us walking like Christ to be able to do that. And it gets really deep. 
into like the prophetic mm. even. I don't want to deviate too far into that, but the prophetic of being able to see a person how God sees them um, in the potential yeah. versus seeing their ailment or seeing, hello, I'm a Hindu, you know, and it was a bad impersonation, uh, uh, but they, that's all you see. Okay, he's a Hindu because there's my box, Hindu box. Yeah. I put that in my Hindu box. You're the Christian box. And so I feel like Jesus was able to see past that and see the heart of an individual and be able to see their soul and speak to that. And so um, I don't want to deviate too much on that, but but judging the fruit, so, the fruit of an individual, because that's what they produce. So when we're looking at fruit, we got to look at the Kundalini, right? And Kundalini yoga, right? We're talking about breath work. We're talking about yoga. These are things that are going to be brought up because there's Kundalini yoga, right? It's a form of yoga that's that gets the body involved in the breath and and people have a kundalini awakening, a spontaneous kundalini awakening many times during kundalini yoga. Um, sometimes random, just in their life, this, this encounter happens. And um, I remember after doing yoga for the first couple times and just feeling amazing. I think my first yoga may have been kundalini yoga. And it was just, I felt so good. Like I felt so good. I felt like an old dirty wash rag that just got rang out and filled with fresh water. Mm. Like everything looked different. It sm smelled different. I was awake, I was vibrant, alive. I never felt mm. my muscles were sore that I didn't like normally use. And it just, I felt so mm. good. Mm. So that was my introduction to it. There was no goddess worship or any of that kind of stuff going on. Or, and it wasn't even very spiritual. Like you had to make it spiritual, like with your intention. Yeah. Your intention, what you brought to it, and I'm I'm not connecting with Shiva. I'm not I'm connecting with the Holy Spirit doing Kundalini Yoga, and had a beautiful encounter. And so, um, going back to the fruit, what was the fruit of my experience with that? A beautiful experience, more in tune, more loving, more centered, more grounded, uh, vibrant. And then we look at the fruit of an individual who has it. Um, the symptoms, right? And so you see a lot of videos of people shaking and uh, rolling on the floor, laughter, joyous laughter, crying, screaming, a lot of different manifestations, we'll say. And so that happens with a lot of people who receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This fire enters them, like I said, and cleanses them and all this kind of stuff. And they feel born again. You know, they feel like a, a brand new person. And so I remember just reading on a, on a website like they were kind of like going and giving an overview of like some things that may happen if you have a kundalini awakening or during kundalini yoga and it was all of those things that like happened to me when i received jesus into my life and got the baptism of the holy spirit crying yeah. laughter healing joy like all of these things and so that's the fruit of it the fruit of this this um kundalini yoga so when you look at the similarities objectively like there's a lot of them there there's there's many that are there and so um that that was um early on that i that i had done that and there wasn't much in christendom about kundalini at the time um a little bit later there came out a, a teaching by andrew strom man probably 2008 2006 something some 2009, just in that time frame that he put out a, a Kundalini warning. Kundalini has invaded the churches. And he was the first one that made that connection. And uh, and, and many people have seen that documentary and go back to it. And I ended up having a, a, yeah. a guy on uh, on the podcast like 
talking about 2010, like early on, and just picking his brain about Kundalini Yoga and and the Holy Spirit and and the even the words that 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 what it is and and breaking it down of me trying to get an understanding and how does this fit in the Bible? You know, Jesus felt yeah. the virtue virtue leave him whenever the woman with the issue of blood touched him and he felt he felt it and um it goes back to the a word that was used in, in kundalini is uh uh the um virya energy which is virtue this virtuous energy that you work up and it's, mm. it can heal people it's transferable you see people in those circles laying hands on individuals and they receive it they get healed they fall out they cry they go into spontaneous so when you they start playing those videos next to Bethel Church, it you know it looks very similar. So I'm two things here is the the fact that you have um, um, it looks similar. I'm looking at the similarities. I say these could be the same thing. Like this could be them working with the Holy Spirit. What what do you mean? Joel, the prophecy of Joel said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. It wasn't just Christians. That wasn't just Israelites. That wasn't just people in the upper room. Like all flesh means all flesh. And so, you know, did they, is this them working with the Holy Spirit or working with that universal life force energy that is in every religion? And it's very similar, you know, of them. Obviously, you work with it differently you receive it differently. Yeah. Um, there's you, you build doctrines around how to keep moving forward with it. Heck, we do that in Christianity, you know, of what it's yeah. capable of and what it's not, what it is and what it isn't. Um, so my studies is to go in and say, okay, maybe it's the same thing. Maybe these people are encountering the Holy Spirit in this way through God's grace, you know. Um, so I, I've kind of brought that to the table, and that's what scares a lot of people. Blasphemy! You just said that the Kundalini serpent was the Holy Spirit. Um, that's me. Uh, some people get into that. Most don't. It's a scary thing. Um, I, I tie it into pouring out spirit on all flesh. But let's go to, let's just look at Bethel, okay? And to say what it is and what it isn't for them. Now, I can, I would almost 100% say that they're not, you know, in, invoking a Kundalini spirit. Um, in their church it's silly and I just got talking to somebody about this today because you know people hear me talking about it and they ask questions and um, a, fr a pastor friend of mine was hitting me up said hey man some of my people are coming to me but these people are asking they're giving their life to Christ and they're asking for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and Jesus asked you to come into my life forgive, just like my experience in 1998 Ask you to come into my life, forgive me of my sins, cleanse me from all unrighteousness, and I'll, I'll receive you. I received the baptism, and and they're having those manifestations, in in the purity of that, and and some mm -hmm. of these heresy hunters have the audacity to say that 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 God sent the Kundalini serpent to them, like a in, in the fact of an, an they use it as a derogatory term as a foreign outside yeah. demonic entity called the kundalini that's entity, yeah. that is masquerading as the holy spirit it's acting like it mm. it's mimicking get out of here the devil ain't finna uh heal nobody you know what i'm saying like yeah all every good yeah. and perfect gift comes from above every single one of them the, de the devil is not out here healing people and changing their lives and 
helping people live in devotion and honor to God in Bethel Church, talking about it's the devil. That's the silliest thing. Yeah. The scripture says that if concerning the Holy Spirit, that if you ask your father for a, a fish, he's not going to give you a serpent. He's not going to throw you a snake. God, will you give me a fish and throw a snake at you? If you ask your father, Kundalini's. that's what these people are, are like insinuating that that folks are doing. They're asking their father for the precious promise of the Holy Spirit. I read it in the word. I believe it, God, with all my heart. Can I receive it? And he sends a demon called the Kundalini. You got that's the worst theology I've ever heard in my life to, yeah. to, to look at that it's, as something demonic, it's, you know, um, yeah. versus any kind of difference there. So. That's the two standpoints. My look is that maybe this could be the same thing because these people in all sincerity are asking for an encounter with God and they're asking for, you know, for Jesus and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They're asking for the things they're reading of in the Bible with a pure and honest heart. But God is sending a demon. If you don't get out of here, that's ridiculous, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good, man. I, um, I remember and this is part of the this journey for me is um i was on holiday and i found a book in a bookshop you know you just feel weird like uh, synchronicities like he's like how am i mm-hmm. how is this happening right now and um this book by uh, dr joe dispenza who i'm sure mm-hmm. you're aware yeah. of um a book called becoming supernatural mm-hmm. and i was like i need to buy this book i don't even know what it's about and i mm-hmm. just bought the book on holiday and just started reading it and i was like you know when you're like you're just getting worked mm-hmm. by the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. Something's yeah. happening, and and challenged as well because of my my frameworks and things like that. And um, he's it, the the book is so rich with testimony. So like every chapter has got like just like accounts of um, people being healed. Like you know accounts of like a lady who. She's in a meditation. An angel appears to her, shakes her leg. She has an issue with her leg and her leg gets healed. And I'm going, this is not demonic. Like, this can't be demonic. Like, Brother, the, Bi- the, the Bible says the, that the, Satan comes as an angel of light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all that. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, um, and everything you're saying, like, all the, even the underlying philosophy that he is communicating is ultimately about unconditional love yeah. and about um, surrendering to unconditional love. And, yeah. you know, he calls it divine intelligence or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things, one of the practices that he does, because he's a very pragmatic person, he's a, he's a doctor, mm-hmm. um, is a kundalini breath practice. And the way that he breaks it down really, really helped me because he... He just talks about the science of it. And this is probably getting into, you know, energy centers and chakras and some mm-hmm. of those things, which can be very triggering as well. But he breaks down the science of like how um, we have these centers, these energy centers in our in our body. And he, he uses simple analogies of how we direct energy in through our system. So like if you get hungry and you think about food, um, we have the endocrine system. So we have chemicals and hormones that are secreted in our body. Mm-hmm. When you um, think about sexual things, you, it's, it starts to stimulate or arouse parts of mm-hmm. your body because it's connected and, and release hormones and yeah. things like that into your body that's aligned to that energy center. And so he breaks it down in a pretty um, sort of like mechanical way yeah. almost. Yeah. 
but he teaches people how to do this it's mm-hmm. actually a kundalini yoga yeah. breath practice um and i remember the lord taking me to colossians 3 because where it says um put to death that which is earthly in you and it like lists all of them um all the things that you're kind of like mortifying or whatever mm-hmm. um and and he showed me like through this practice set your mind on things above because a lot of um, what some of these kundalini breath practices are is it's about pulling energy out of some of these lower centers so that it can be redirected into these kind of higher centers into the heart for example mm-hmm. the heart center which is where you love and where you connect and where and you know the scripture talks about christ coming to dwell in the heart yeah. um and some of those like correlations are so i don't know really help demystify some of it for me as well yeah but um but yeah, I, I, I fully hear what you're saying. It was like quite a... So I started reading this book and then that night I'm sitting with Chloe, my wife, and we're just waiting um, on the Lord. We're just meditating, just sitting there and this vision opens up, like one of the strongest open-eyed visions that I'd had. And I and I know it was because of what was unlocked, being unlocked reading this book. Um and I started to have all these mystical experiences after reading that book where the Lord spoke to me, where, um, you know, one of the encounters was like a prophet, a prophet who's not with us in, in, the, in this world anymore, came to me as like vividly as I'm talking to you and spoke to me mm-hmm. very clearly. And it was all through taking some of these principles in this book, doing this breath practice, and it just unlocked some of these things. So, wow. um yeah, it's it's interesting, uh, and I, and I feel like Kundalini's one, um, obviously like a more triggering thing because of that video. I didn't even yeah. know who released that video, and you said two thousand eight, but I think there is a relevance to talking about these things um, because I know people are like are searching and 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 one thing I was going to say is when I was navigating this, um, I started to to read a lot of Joe Dispenza's work and stuff like that. And I was just being so encouraged by it. Mm-hmm. And one night I went to bed and I had this voice that was so loud. You know, when you hear voices in your head, it sounds like, like a mental person, but like um, when you can hear your thoughts so distinctly that you know this is like, this is some kind of demonic entity or whatever. And, and the voice was saying to me, you're going to get deceived. You're going to, you know, get lost in this um, new age spirituality, you're going to be that person that you you are aware of who like walks away from the faith, um, and you're it's too late, like you're gone. And I was like, it was so you know when there's like an unction behind it because it's an entity, you know, trying to trying to um, interestingly trying to deceive you yeah. in a backhanded way. And the way that the, the Lord spoke to me is he was like, um, he was like, why would it? why would a demon tell you you're going to be deceived? Like, why wouldn't he just let you be deceived? Like, why is he like saying, if you go this way, you're going to get deceived. It's like, because there's something that he's unlocking, the Lord was unlocking and leading me in. Um, And I feel like that's, that's the truth for a lot of people, but it's this religious kind of mindset that um, can actually do more damage than going into some of these arenas and discovering and just asking questions, just being curious yeah. and just being innocent and having a non-judgmental approach. So um, the thing about it is like yeah, if, thank- if it's the Lord that's calling you to it, it won't go away. 
you know, like I said earlier, like you can't pray it away. I rebuke that. I rebuke that uh, <laughs> Kundalini book, you know, or whatever. Listen, if the Lord's calling you to it and it's you're supposed to read it, there's going to be a hunger, but you know, there's going to be a healthy fear that you're triggered. You know, you got a sense For of sure. a little bit of PTSD. You're you're being protective though. You have a you have a delicate faith and you're fighting for it with tooth and nail. You know, and so you're supposed to. So, um, but yeah, those taboo things or those things that are far out the Holy Spirit will lead you and, and guide you in all, all truth. And it just, it, it's the Holy Spirit doing it. You don't, you don't really feel like it is at first because like it's telling you to do something that you shouldn't do, you know, that, or that you've been told that you shouldn't do. I shouldn't look into this. I shouldn't, I shouldn't feel so good when I do this. It shouldn't be this good for me, you know? And, um, but it never goes away, you know, it never goes yeah. away. Whatever your calling is like, and it's part of your story if if you're supposed to look into these things or or you know go deep or or want to understand the mechanics of a miracle you know these guys are teaching you the mechanics of miracles man and how to heal yourself there's many different kinds and types of miracles some of them that any any person can do on 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 the corner there's some that come by a, a life laid down to to the anointing like you have to have the anointing they're showing you just the Bible says that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. There's breathing techniques that unlock things yeah. in you that relax you. And, you know, science knows that these guys are, are just doubling down. It's encouraging for us because it it's, you know, these things that we pursue by faith, they're giving us some substance to it that it's not we can actually use our faith in other areas because we actually learn yeah. how to do this stuff. And now we can believe for bigger, greater things and I have to you know, use our faith in into these little things anymore that we, we kind of learn how to do them and they become second nature. They become, we have all yeah. of these tools that we can use and, uh, you know, got, you can use them for God. You can use them for the devil, if you will. You, you, and mm. that just means good or bad, just using these tools. That's all they are. You know, yoga, meditation, breath work. That, those are scary terms. Prayer is a tool. Fasting is a tool. Uh, singing is yeah. a tool you can you can sing praises and worships and, and hymns and heavenly songs to the father or you can sing about how depressed you are and how you know whatever the yeah. songs you're listening to on the radio so there's a one that's a tool that's being used for either good or bad you can pray to your yeah. father seek your father or you can pray to an entity good, that or pray to to harm somebody, you know. So the, everything are tools. We got so many that we've given to the new age or the spiritual community or whatever that that were a part of early Christendom, and then going yeah. back to Abraham and and the patriarchs and and like you said, they got them from Egypt. They got them from India, um, but they're yeah. righteous because they used them the wrong way. It was how they use their intention coupled with that practice yeah. that what made it good or bad i got teachings on divination man like like divination was bragged like joseph and, and daniel like bragged about using divination because they can hear god so precisely they gotten so good at, mm. at hearing from god by using divination by casting lots we see it used in the new testament but but when we when, Acts, when we yeah. hear it they hear that term there's a couple reasons why we get scared. Obviously, in the book of Acts, that term is used in the King James, which really shouldn't have been used. And, um, and, and God rebuked, you know, the uh, diviners at some point. Um, but he also rebuked the worshipers. 
so you're going to quit singing? Yeah. He said, I'm not going to listen to your songs anymore. They're, they're clanging cymbals. I will never hear your praises again because your heart's not in it. You trusted in your songs and you didn't trust in me. You trusted in your feast and you didn't trust in me. You trusted in your holy days mm. and this outward appearance, but your heart was far from me. And Jesus comes to set the record straight. And so those, those tools in and of themselves aren't, aren't evil. It's when your heart isn't mm. in it. Worship isn't, isn't evil. Singing worship songs are amazing, but if, you're, if you don't mean those words you're saying, why are you even opening your mouth? It's lip service and it's yeah. not honoring God because you living from the heart that that worship comes from your heart and out of your mouth or your body doing a Kundalini yoga and mm. breath. Work, it's the position of your heart. Like you, when, when your your heart is connected and he has given you a new heart that cries out, Abba, Father, like I'm looking for him and everything. And if he's not there, then then he's not there. We'll keep moving, moving along. But if he's calling you to some beautiful things that we have given up, um, yeah. mindfulness, contemplation, like, you know, the monks and, 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 and saints were, uh, were levitating and just all types of crazy stuff, you know, <laughs> communicating with angels, elemental spirits, like working. Obviously, if you look at my testimony, talking about that entity that was summoned, I think there's a good way, in, a good and a bad way, a right and a wrong way, if you will, to work with, with angels or, or entities on the other side. The Bible is full yeah. of, of encounters with ghosts, angels, demons, and they brought those messages and, and so much stuff that we've just kind of given up. But there's a right way and a wrong way. So when the church yeah. refuses to talk about these, then you're going to have the people who go and look into those things. And maybe that's, that's right. what you heard that, that, that you, thought, you know, thought it was directed at you. That's directed at a generation, man who are hungry and they're yeah. seeking after the things of God, but the church don't have no answers for them. They're just telling them to pray yeah. against it. You can't pray words of knowledge away. You can't pray dreams and visions away. They're going to keep coming. It's who you are. It's in your DNA. You're called. You're, yeah. you're chosen for this. So the church has to wake up and be able to address these issues and not just try to throw all the baby out with the bathwater. And they are. They are. That's why I said, yeah. again, there's many people, mystical circles that are into so many cool things with this stuff. I challenge a lot of people, but, you know, they, they still, they're into so much stuff that they've, um, you know, embraced and they felt called to and they've, they've had that check, you know. But the more that we do it, the more that we're open and the more that we have these conversations, like, yeah. you know, the more... That, that that we're gonna progress and uh and, yeah. and there's this understanding in the mystical movement that we need the new things that God is doing a new thing the next the next age is coming and God has given us new tools and new things like hold on we had some cool things that we forgot about the scripture says yeah. to return to the ancient way ask for the ancient path and it says in there you'll find rest for your soul mm. like I want mm. that I want I want that connection man I want what they had I don't want anything more I don't want new stuff. Yeah. I want what they had. What were they doing? And then so the more that we look into it, and I'm sure you know this, but looking into like what you were saying, uh, uh, you, you were visited by, um, by, by, you know, someone from the other side, like that's scriptural, man. You know, like Jesus on, 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 on the, the Mount of Transfiguration, trees, Peter, yeah. James, and John with them. And as far as I'm concerned, we pretty much got to get a 
a f first glimpse of, come on, I want you guys to come with me. I want to show you all something. This is what I do when I pray. Come on up now. This is going to be special. It's going to be good. And he knew what was going on. So as far as I'm concerned, that happens. Like every time Jesus would go to pray for hours, he was communing. He was being being taught. That's foreign to us in Western Christianity. But every other Eastern thought says that your teachers continue to teach you when they pass on from yeah. the other side of the grave, that they continue to, yeah. to, to teach you. And um, so obviously it wasn't that foreign to Christianity either. Um, Christianity yeah. is an Eastern religion, and it really helped me when I begin to see that. Because I look at 100%. some of the stuff from the, the Buddhists and the Hare Krishnas and, and you know, the Indian traditions, and I'm seeing Christianity, like even, even Islam and the Muslim faith and, 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 and some of the things that they're doing. I'm like, that looks more biblical than, than what, what I see down the street, you know? And um, so they, they, they have a piece of the ancient past that, that they never let go of. And whether it's the ancestors communing with you or leading you and guiding you, there's so much that, again, we, gave, we just gave away, you know? Now, you know, there's always the warning. Never, you know, don't forsake your first love. You know, and, and as far yeah. as it's concerned, like we got, we have access to Christ. You know, we have access to the, you know, the the one who created this matrix and holds everything together. So, like, we go directly to Him and through Him. I try not to really like try to pursue anything outside of Him, but I'm open, going through Christ and through the Holy Spirit, Lord. Whatever it is that You have for me, it has to come through Your net first. It has to come pass through Your yeah. veil. And that veil is if it has my greater good in mind. And I'll tell you, yeah. like, demons can have your greater good in mind as well. There's things that they, they come to you to buffet you, to get things out of you. They got their stuff in you that you have to get rid of to go to the next level. You can't bring jealousy with you to the places God's trying to bring you to. You'll mess it up. You yeah. can't bring yeah. hatred, gossip, bitterness, backbiting, insecurity, financial problems mm. you can't bring that with you to the place that that god has prepared for you so you have to go through hardships and god has to turn up the fire and he does that by sending what we will call demons to buffet you and they're do they're messengers they're angels um and they come from god he allows them to buffet you and and uh everything works together all things work together for the good of those who love God. And with the enemy meant for harm, God will in turn use for good. And so it's a, uh, once you understand that, you're not a victim anymore. You look at your cir circumstance and your situation and say, okay, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? What is it that I need to learn? I need to be better with my finances. Mm -hmm. I need to stop gossiping because every time I gossip, it's coming back. People are finding out stuff I said about them. Like, I got to stop. Like, you know, you, we learn hands on. And God is the author yeah. and finisher of our faith. I don't think there's anything that happens that God is unaware of. He knows about it all, and he scripted it. And his plan is, is, is beautiful. And it's when we respond with love, it's when we respond how Christ res responded as we're able to go up and down on this sanctification process. It's good, man. It's really good. Um, yeah, I, I think what you were saying as well about just going back to these different practices and um, and the intention that we engage in mm -hmm. them with. And I, I love what you said about you, that, um, the net, you know, the filter that you have. And yeah. 
Um, I think that's super, it's yeah. super safe. It's, it's, like and it's, it's of, this, man. There's just so much that's in here. We don't know it because our minds yeah. are programmed to read past it because we don't have a grid until yeah. we see it in a movie. Or uh, almost fictionalize it. It's almost like our mind registered yeah. as it registers it. Or from Sunday school, you know, it's like people you taught Noah's Ark, you taught these different things, and so we we fictionalize it um, instead of just going like they live with a different worldview. Like their perception yeah. of things is vastly different to this modern age of enlightenment, mm -hmm. empirical thinking, you know, idolatry even, kind yeah. of. That's it exactly, and. Um, and I, I feel like, you know, what we're saying, going back to going back to the ancient path, um, more than ever, it's important that we we're not just living in the conceptual, like a lot of I think what what modern day Christianity is is it's unpacking revelation, and that's our strength. When it's especially when that is um, unveiling to us the person of Christ, you know, through the leading of the Spirit, mm -hmm. and a preacher articulates that revelation well. It's like that's good that's we need that we need that revelation yeah. to be alive all the time but at the same time we need to embody that revelation like it needs to be present in yeah. our physical bodies and a lot of these practices they're helping us to direct our body because intention is not just about thought 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 is held in the body that's like something that i feel like has been such a, a learning journey for me recently the last years like what you think will will literally program the body down to the body, so we have to like come into this place where we're embodying this revelation, and and we recognize these technologies that literally they'll unlock the body so that we can truly be surrendered in spirit, soul, and body um, to the kindness and the leading of mm -hmm. of the spirit in in how we're moving forward, and um. A lot of ancient monasticism, you know, dating back to early Christianity and, and before that Judaism and in every other tradition, that's that was an emphasis because it, it, they, they didn't see these things as separate. There was there wasn't dualisms the way that, that yeah. we were really susceptible to in, in modern in the modern world that we live in. So mm -hmm. it's good, it's man. Good. Mm -hmm. It's really helpful. Um and I, I also just want to um, just reemphasize as well what you were saying about having these conversations um, because it, it's like we're coming into a time, like if the Lord is leading people, like I think that's what people have to come to is like if the Lord is leading you to, to research divination, to research Kundalini Yoga, to research Reiki, to research these different things because of something of the benefit, something of an inheritance mm. that's actually part of Christ, part of his kingdom that's in these things we can't be afraid to have the conversations because if we don't have the conversations and we don't talk about what we've learned and how it yeah. can be um it can be governed by by the lord it can yeah. be under his lordship then i don't i don't know man it's pretty it's pretty treacherous terrain for people to terrain for people to navigate yeah. by themselves mm -hmm. it, it's just sketchy if you don't kind of have some of those principles in place. So, um, yeah, that's yeah. why, that's why I it's started awesome. talking about this stuff early on because, um, I needed somebody to talk to and, and, and really my audience is me. Like I'm talking to that younger version of myself. Yeah. Like who, yeah. who is having dreams and visions in the church about things that were coming in the future 
and I didn't know what it was. And I would go to the pastor and they, they just say that they told me it was the devil, you know, and um, these prophetic giftings and stuff. And I didn't know how to use them or tap into them. And like, you know, I didn't have I, I try to be what I needed. So let me be now that what I needed back then. And it was I called pod, I called in the podcast. Like I'd be and they were talking about all kind I not Christian ones. Yeah. But other ones that were like, you're talking about the book of Enoch or like, I, I would call into like the people on like Egyptology and like talking about how to turn your body into a vehicle of light Merkaba. I'm like, you know, getting the techniques and asking, like sharing my experiences and, and just, I needed somebody to talk to. And, and I just, you know, there were, there were, there were some people that they weren't in the church though. I couldn't talk to the church yeah. about astrology. I couldn't ask them what, what was the Maseroth, yeah. you know, what, what is the, the Zodiac in the Bible? Well, that's demons, brother. Like, you know, the, the, the astrology is a trick of the devil and the stars are actually just balls of gas. And I was like, what? You know, no, the stars are alive. They, they, they could be angels like recording, you know, they could have jobs, you know, and there's text that says <laughs> this and didn't have anybody to talk to. So I tried to, um, I tried to be now what I needed then and a lot of my peers who were having these same encounters with me, they wouldn't talk about it because they were fear of losing their jobs or fear of, of their in-laws finding out or their, their wife's uh, boss finding out. Sure. And, um, and so because they didn't, I was like, I have to. Because if not, then it becomes like, obviously, and th there could be wisdom here, but like the mystery schools and, you know, the schools of the prophets and those kind of things, like, they, they, they are protectors of spiritual ancient knowledge. They protect it because if it fell into the For wrong sure. hands, it could be used the wrong way. So there's the levels of initiation. And yeah, I, I, I believe that God has those levels of initiation in the spirit, you know, and, uh, yeah. and, and secrets that he'll show you is if he can trust you. Let me give you a little piece and see what you do with it kind of thing. And let me make sure I can trust you with these secrets. And, um, but, you know, so, the, the church has that, you know, the church has, they, they know so much that they don't talk about. I can, I can read it on people. Like I, I, I watch Benny yeah. Hinn, you know, and I just remember like, man, he knows so much that he's not sharing on, on like yeah, aliens yeah, yeah. and, and maybe even plant medicine. Like I just know, cause he, he would, he would, he would feel his audience though. He would use wisdom. He got yeah. a paycheck. Those people pay him, you know? So yeah. he would use wisdom not to like, you know, angels are, you can summon an angel and they'll appear to you or, or whatever. Like those people use wisdom and, uh, because they have to, yeah. you know, yeah. um, I mean, man, I, I feel like I've done that. Like I, I did that to such a degree though. That you lost your identity. That you lose your identity and then you're like, okay, where's the balance? Because sometimes, and, and this is what I you know, in meetings with leaders, for yeah. example, talking about certain yeah. things. And it was always this thing of like safety and like yeah. you use wisdom yeah. and things you, like that. Is, and it was it, like, I realized safety was code for fear. Yeah, it was, it was code for like, I'm afraid that if I let someone navigate something for themselves yeah. without like the protection of like how we do things, yeah. that they're going to get lost. And I think it's like, there's, it, there is a compassion that circle, in that. It probably would have though, because you've, you experienced it. Now with the internet and you creating the yeah, yeah, grid, yeah. True. my podcast, hey, this is what you get. 
you want to keep listening, it's up to you. You can push stop or whatever. But you going into that meeting and trying to win them on end of the world eschatology and how to summon angels. And I had this encounter like like that's different. So in a sense, there's like this this place where you kind of do need to play to the room. You need to sing to the choir yeah. in a sense to like to uh, like Paul says, I become all things to all men so that I can win win some. And then he also we you know, pastor friend of mine was talking about this today. Just Jesus held back. Yeah, Jesus held back and he was taught in Egypt for sure. Like biblical Jesus was Moses. They all were taught in the ways of the Egyptian Egyptian magic, if you will. Um, Jesus held back, but he gave his disciples a little bit more. Let me tell you what I meant by this, you know, and I'm going to show you how to do these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to show you how to commune. Um, and, and so even Paul, you know, we read in scripture where Paul's like, listen, I came to you and I had to hold, I held back and I only knew Christ and him crucified with you because you guys yeah. lost it. You guys forgot, like easily forgot. So I didn't talk about angels. I didn't talk about healing. I didn't talk about miracles or fasting. We needed to reiterate Christ crucified with you guys. It wasn't open. You got to fill the room. That's even spiritual to be able to fill the room and say, okay, because yeah. one, a lot of times you find this like false sense of like, of uh camaraderie because they're like yeah man book of enoch i read it yeah man i'm into the angels for sure and then you're like yeah man telekinesis in the box what you know and then you just lose yeah, yeah. everybody so being able to fill yeah. the room and play it is wisdom um i uh i had i had to train myself that early on because i was very combative not in the spiritual stuff but in like doctrine wise and and confrontational and calling names and finger pointing and stuff. So even, and this is, man, this is 15 years ago or more, but, but now I even, I have this, like, it's almost a little chip on my shoulder. Like knowing that, you know, stuff like I can't, you have to go on like a, a long fast. You have to go out and, and, and stargaze for like 40 hours. Like, I can't just explain to you. I can give you some biblical precepts, but and, and yeah. tell you why I believe it. But until you see it, until it happens, you're not going to get it. So there's, with that, there's a reserve of like, okay, I don't have to, I don't have to win you over. Um, I can meet you where you are and try to feel you out. And um, so now the the chip on my shoulder, as in, I don't have to debate you. I could just let you talk, yeah. because the old me. Uh -uh, no, no, no. The Bible says this. That's ungodly. That's not scriptural. You guys are into some things that you're about. You're going to get possessed. Like I was that, you know, that guy. So now when I'm in a room, I remember the first time it happened, you know, 15 years ago with a Catholic spending a day with a, a Catholic dude that was hanging out with us. And back, I would have ate a Catholic alive. I loved it. You guys pray to Mary. It's idolatry. I give you the Lord said, don't call nobody father, but you got called a Hope, you know, I had all this, I researched it. And so for the first time I was able to hang out with a guy who was with us and not, I'm holding back, I'm holding back. And I got through the weekend and never spoke anything about it. I was like, wow, there's some tolerance there. There's some, there's some, I don't have to win every conversation. I have to be right, you know, and all of this. So for me, I still carry that like in a room of people like God sent, I remember just a couple of weeks ago, God sent Trump here to save America. And those, <laughs> you know, and yeah, brother, we're in the end, end times, brother. Biden is probably the Antichrist. I'm like, 
I can prove it to you that he's not like in in a, in this in my eschatology in my belief. You guys are probably not gonna believe me, you know, and 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 I may not be welcomed here again if I do, <laughs> you know. So let me yeah, just yeah, yeah. pick my battle and say, hey, maybe, could be, bro. He could be. We should pray for him. You know, he could be the versus like, I don't think it is. Or, whoa, whoa, brother, what do you think he is? And then you open up a whole can of worms of like debating stuff that you don't need to be debating. Debating something you can't change. Like, what am I going to do if he's the Antichrist for or sure. not? You know, what what does that got to do with the price of rice in China? Like, your the obviously, fear is a big part of that. Like, if you think that, yeah. you know, you live your life according to fear because we're, it's on bad stuff's about to happen or bad stuff already happened to a people who lived back in that those days you know so um anyway choosing your battles and i feel like okay i can hang out with you guys and not you guys ever ate mushrooms or something you, know? <laughs> you, guys, ever, you guys ever talk yeah, to angels yeah it's like you guys ever talk to angels it's, man it's, what Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> the the internet, I guess, as well, just makes it makes it challenging. Because, I mean... Well, people get to find I, I, you, I, though, I, with the internet. The internet is cool because you can be whatever you want to be. Now, yeah. those people yeah. in your community are like... They're going to talk. And yeah, that gets out that way. But what I was saying is that in that little small meeting and that those leaders, no. But on the internet, listen, this is who I am. I'm going to embrace it. Listen, I listen to Tool. They're amazing. They got some beautiful music that puts that talks about the breath and how we're connected with each other and with God through the breath in a, a song called Numa. You should listen to it. Like I'm going to embrace it. I don't care if you tell me not to. This is what this is who I am. And so once you yeah. do that, the internet has allowed us to do that. I could be I've created a persona. I am I'm accepted. I'm loved. It wasn't the whole time, but it, it it you got the grid to do it. And those people who want to come eat from your table are going to be Googling my name. Yeah. They're going to Google from this podcast. They're going to Google Truth Seeker and they're going to find your show and they're going to resonate with yeah. you and they're going to resonate with some of the other stuff that, that you, you talk about and some of your other guests and some of your wisdom that you share. And now they're going to be like, wow, I'm going to, I'm going to start listening to Caleb's podcast, man. He's some, he, he, him and Truth Seeker are really good and I've been looking for this and so then you get 70 then you get a thousand then you get all these people who are looking up these things that you're finally got the confidence to share about your encounters and they don't have nobody else to talk to and then they Google what can 
an ancestor appear to me? Is it an ancestor or a demon? And then they may find your blog where you talked about it on a YouTube video and, and know you caught BS from the community of, of people who weren't ready, but the person who needed you, who was going crazy this, trying to figure this stuff out, that's, and then you got your tribe and then you got your people who were like, you know, accept you for you versus accept you for being with us or being like us, you know? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's good. Because that's that seems to be the balance. It's like the internet, you know, just going back to like the idea that there is a, a place to hold back and there's a place and, and actually holding back honors the, the, it's sort of like, it's the preciousness of, of revelation and what, what is unveiled to you in secret. Um Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But then at the same time, the way things are structured, and this this is getting into a little bit of the times we live in, like... um. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Man, I feel like when and I'll say the church, but I don't. I don't mean when I say the church. I don't mean Christ's Christ's mystical body. Like I, I'm talking about Christianity as this subgenre, this kind of like entity in itself. Um, I feel like some of the conversations that you know are happening in certain parts of that world, and then I go into 
and I talk to people who are just pursuing spirituality, people in the normal world, and I'm like, they're not having the same conversation. Like sometimes it's like within Christianity, there's a fishbowl. It's just like we're talking about things in, in such a way that we've lost touch. We've lost touch with what is really going on in the world. And and that sounds like a really strong thing to say, but it's like I have firsthand experience of that where, and, and I was that myself. And it doesn't mean the law's not speaking and doing things and whatever, but we're not, we're disconnected, man. Like we're disconnected. And, you know, you've talked about plant medicines before. It's like, yeah, it's like, I guess I'm trying to figure out, and I want to ask you more about plant medicines, but it's like, the balance of like you want to withhold and you want to take people on the right journey and you want it to be you want it to be attached to Christology and all those things because it's right and then at the same time you got to just put it out on the net you know you got to there's a place to do that because um within mainstream Christianity no one's going to talk about plant medicines no but they're no but one's going to talk they about are asking that. questions though and as but long, they are asking questions yeah they're they're googling they never talk about it um I, and uh, I get messages from uh, from people, Christians who uh, mm. ministers and and people are over like radio Christian DJs over like pretty big radio stations message me and yeah. hey man I just you know I'm a Christian I appreciate your podcast I listen I can't tell nobody I listen but I feel like I'm I feel a connection because I watched the episode of Joe Rogan and he talked about it and I felt yeah. a, a, a connection there then I found you man. And uh, I, I'm going on a journey this weekend, man. So thank you for the work that you've encouraged me to do. And, yeah. and you know, just by putting yourself out there. But at first, yeah, yeah you're gonna it's... get, you're gonna, you're gonna catch BS from people, you know, in your community. Um, first, they're gonna ridicule you. They're gonna mock you. Then, if it's true, if it remains, it's gonna, it's gonna remain. If it's built upon that foundation of Christ, which is love, every everything's yeah. going to be shaken except what is built upon that and yeah and um yeah. so if all of that stuff produces love and, and has fruit then it's going to remain and yeah. don't really care who agrees with it or not again you'll find that tribe yeah the mainstream stream christian yeah you you know when you do that you will like you will marginalize yourself with them um so that's a, a, a that's a decision of like where you want to be you know, in ministry yeah. or um, what main line. But again, the Christian mystical movements are getting so big and there's the whole churches devoted to to all of this stuff, dude. And it's getting so big and they're like, they're doing far out stuff that I would never even do in churches. Or, or, or in, um, I get asked to come on some of these talks with and on panels of, of Christian mystics and they're just like, you know, I'm my my theology as far as like you know the the cross of Christ anyway, and, and the importance of that is like um, it's really big, and a lot of they're, yeah. they're into a lot of weird stuff, and um, and it's okay to call it weird. You got to be able to laugh at yourself, you know. You got to be able to laugh at some of this stuff, um, but it, it's open, you know. Um, like they're ch yeah. they're doing like yo hey vibe hey chance and and facing to the east and west and calling in the angels from each direction and these are this is in churches bro and like they're, yeah. they're getting super far out so you know <laughs> it's a good time <laughs> to uh to just embrace yeah. your truth and still be able to do church stuff i still be able to do praise yeah, and worship and and pray and speak in tongues and just embrace everything about you and 
it's kind of like the same thing with the the regular church only more open you know you still got to hold mm-hmm. back there too you know you can't bring mushrooms for everybody to eat and stuff <laughs> like you know <laughs> like you still have to you know fill the room and and, and meet yeah. people where they are jesus dumbed his himself down to come god <laughs> dumbed himself down to meet with us man Paul did it, you know, it, there's times where you got to hold back, but when people are ready and they hang around enough and they're asking those questions, not to debate, but they're asking those questions because they really want to know, you know, then there's like, okay, if you want to know, I'll tell you, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, because yeah. Jesus also said, you know, I didn't, I, I hid nothing from you. I did nothing in secret. Yeah. Like all, everything I did was manifest in the open, but, um, you know, when, when people want to know stuff, like it's not like hiding it from them. You know, I, I put when I put my book out because I started getting a lot of love from the Christian mystical movement out of like of being just I didn't even know it was a thing, you know, and I started starting to see these people and these and the numbers and and and, and conferences and all this stuff. And then they started like getting into my work and and I was getting asked to come on Christian talk shows and podcasts and even Christians invite me to their church. And this is something I've been so removed from. I'm still been a Christian seeking the Lord, like I've all that, but I haven't been able to ha- talk to these people. I've had to go to the new ages and have the conversation. Um, now yeah, I'm able to, to do it in, in a Christian realm and then they're inviting me to their churches and stuff. And it's like, wow, I didn't change anything. Yeah. You know, it's just, but, but they have kind of caught up of being like this forerunner to a lot of things that were taboo, but the reason they're not again is because we're we're talking about them, and so yeah. you know a lot of a lot of and, the and I think church is catching up. I was gonna say I think as well like you know the feeling I get from you listen to your podcast as well is authenticity. I think yeah. like, and that's that's like when someone is able to have um, conversations about things. It's like when you when you're when you're okay to publicly have questions is a good sign that you're pursuing authenticity. And I think that that's, that's kind of like more, the feeling that you get from someone who's willing to be authentic. I, I think that's why, you know, you mentioned Joe Rogan's podcast. I think that's why it's so popular because mm-hmm. he's just kind of like all over the place yeah. in the guests he's having, the conversations he's having, yeah. but there's this underlying curiosity and he's not afraid to ask his questions publicly. And that's so yeah. attractive to people because it's not like I, this is what I know and I'm offering the thing that I know. It's like, I'm on a journey, we're going on a journey together, yeah. is um, actually creates such a sense of safety as well. Which, you can't which do is that like, in Christianity though, because you have to be able yeah. to contend for the faith and give an answer anytime you're asked, even if you, and what's happened if people don't, don't even know the answer, they make one up. Yeah. yeah. Kundalini, they watch one video on Kundalini spirits and now they're experts on a Christian video you got to yeah. go study from those people. Go the pick people up a book actually, by yeah. a, a, a yogi and see what they say. Go listen to yeah. Apostle so and so what afraid. he said about the Kundalini. Yeah. Like you got to yeah. go to firsthand and read, man. And people haven't done that. And even better, talk to one, talk to a person. You talk to him, and that's like a whole different experience because you realize, like. Because the, the superior the superiority complex we can sometimes have within Christianity, we realize like, man, there's a lot of things that people in in other spiritual traditions they either know better than us, um, or or it's very similar, or it's just not what we think. So it's also an important point. But yeah, I appreciate that you have, uh, that about you is I think it's the authenticity that that is what 
it seems like you're pursuing and you're asking these questions openly and it actually does create this this beautiful safety like it seems contradictory because safety has been so communicated it's like when everything's in its right place and it's like the doctrines are neat and stuff like that and obviously like you you have this you know the lord you know jesus your um sense of the cross like the the person and work of christ is so evident and i think that's that enables a person to be humble and authentic and all those different things because you're not defined by clearly you're not defined by what you do you've found there's this inner pursuit that is that is really evident in the conversations that you're having so um yeah i just really appreciate that man i feel like it's um it's a real blessing to to the body and um and it's been been super encouraging for me as well in in my journey um i want to i want to ask you questions about plant medicines and things like that and i'm sure the topics we could just go on and on um but i feel like it's probably a good place just to like end the podcast with that and um but but it'd be cool for you like if if people are asking questions about things like that i know that on your podcast um there's you probably got heaps of stuff on there that people could search out or is there something specific that yeah there's just so it's like you know you can almost scroll episodes until something you know catches your um, attention, so yeah. like the the thing with that, you know, like um, obviously, like if you want to learn about it, go to somebody who's who's done it or who's doing it, because you gotta you gotta gotta be able to research from an unbiased standpoint. The Christians are biased mm-hmm. on many yeah. subjects, so if you're if you're a true Berean and you really want to know, yeah, ask the Christians then you got to go and kind of do your own independent research and ask a yogi, ask somebody who's doing that, ask somebody who's given their life to study it. Um, yeah. and, and that's the beautiful thing with Joe Rogan again. Like I'm going to, I'm going to talk to a person, get to pick their brain, somebody who's studied like astrophysics for 40 years. Yeah. I just know a brief overview. This guy gives, gave his given his entire life to study in this one subject. Yeah. Again, when I was mentioning the Bible, the Bible is a, an overview. It doesn't tell you how to use crystals, but the Bible is full of, 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 of stories about crystals and, 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 and monuments and, and the ephod that had crystals on them. And, and when the priest yeah. wore the, this ephod with all of these, these crystals paired together, it put him in this state where he was able to talk to God and, and be able to stand before God. Like it maybe can conduct energy. The Bible doesn't go into tutorials on how to use crystals and which ones do what you got to talk to the person who's given their 40 years of their life sit down with them like i do have a podcast and just pick their brain or read their book maybe you don't want to reach out it's kind of invasive it's scary to talk to the person get their book go to their website watch an interview um but you i really feel like we have to be able to uh, you know engage both sides of the conversation versus like people who are biased you know Read for, pros, cons, pros, cons. Make your educated decision. Take a stance. What do you feel? And the biggest thing that Christianity hasn't done, which we're doing, is saying, listen, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Again, when you had to have an answer, yeah. you made one up. There's so much freedom. Say, hey, man, I don't know. I've heard this and that and this one. 
I got three theories and they all make sense. Those are scriptures that prove all of these. So I'm not really sure. Ver, you know, most of those churches, nope, hard stance. Nope, it's a hard no on mm. that. And they, and there's, how can it be a hard stance when all of these other scriptures like contradict what you're, the cross you're dying on? No, there's nuance there and we don't know. And that's yeah. why they didn't know back then. And it was a conflict of interest as well. And embrace that, man. Embrace yeah. your differences. Embrace the unknown. And, and that will, will actually make you cling closer to Christ and know him in a deeper way. Because, again, he's the life raft that you won't sink. And then you can be like, Paul, listen, man, Christ crucified. That's all I know. I know when I put my faith in that and I encounter that, I know what it did in my heart. I know that it's done that for yeah. many other people. I know people walk away from it. You know, I know they have different relationships with it or people say Christ never existed and Christianity is shallow and it's fear-based and it's a conglomeration of a bunch of religions. Listen, I know what it did for me when I put my faith in Christ yeah. and, and that story and, and how easy it is to pursue the divine and that not just to pursue it, but that it's pursuing you in a, a, in a, a loving a loving pursuit that's the gospel man you know what i'm saying so like it's a reason it works and the per you know the the personal presence of yeah the per the person of jesus yes. man like is evidence of truth like yeah. it's because ev everything in you calibrates yeah the more i study the and, more confused i get man you know you think you studied it to get things <laughs> figured out but i start like i start and i say study i'm talking about the bible <laughs> I'm talking yeah, about yeah, yeah, no, I get you, man. I get you. Yeah. You know, and like, yeah, but but it's so easy, like you said. That's that the yeah. beauty of that. Everything's cool. I love working stuff up. There's a there's a different realm. There's a different area that you get to enter into. Um, there's more different revelation. There's a lot of things that are privy to you. But there's something about how easy it is, not to complicate it. You know, and the Gnostics have complicated it. You know, the churches have yeah. complicated it. And so we got to make it simple. And I was just thinking about anybody who causes any of these little ones to stumble with any of the deep, far out stuff that's too hard. Like, listen, it really does come, come down to the simplicity of the gospel. And you can pray like you can go into your prayer chamber and have the most beautiful mystical experience than eating any mushroom. That's not to denounce that, you know, of stargazing and, and meeting with angels. That's not to denounce that. Everything has its proper place, but the basics, the simplicity has to be the foundation. It has to be. Yeah. That's solid, man. You can't really go wrong with that, I think. Yeah. Most people don't know it, though. Those Gnostics don't know it. You know what I'm saying? And I want yeah. them to know it. Like, I want, so I'll talk their yeah. language. I'll, I'll go on their shows. And it's like, I want, I want to set up an encounter for you to, yeah. to meet him and how easy it is, you know? so good man um thanks so much man for coming on thanks for having podcast. me man i enjoyed it bro and um yeah it's been really fun i'd love to um just chuck a bunch of info in the show notes as well so that people um can just yeah find find the things that you're doing and and your book and all the different things would be awesome as well yeah and um yeah i'd love to do it again sometime mm -hmm. as well so be awesome man sounds good um, um just stop the recording too. All right. But yeah, keep going. Great. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I forgot to say, like, when I was setting it up about um, when the church started, like, 
like all the, the churches were like inviting me out and wanted me on their podcast and had all these Christians listening to me. When I wrote my book, I almost left out the UFO alien stuff and the plant medicine stuff. Cause like I was starting to get all of these eyes on me and I was like, I don't want to scare them. I don't want to run them off. But and so I had to talk to a Christian mystic friend of mine who's a pretty big name in that community. And I was like, hey man, I just, I'm having a hard time. Part of me is like, you know, I know it's gonna rub people the wrong way. I know they're gonna read those chapters and, and not wanna deal with me. And I was like, should I put it in or leave it or whatever? And he's like, like, we love you because you talk about those things. Like why, Yeah, yeah, yeah. why when it's time to finish the book, why would you try to take it out? This is who you are and try to hold yeah. that, hold that back because of, of fear. Like, no, that's the reason people listen is because I'm the one who talks about that. You know, people talk about yeah. the other stuff I'm touching on, but those talking about that from a Christian standpoint, from a believer. Yeah. So yeah, people say, oh, you shouldn't be, you can't look at it. Listen, people are asking questions and people are, are looking. And so why not give them a Christian perspective? Somebody who's madly in love with Christ that can talk that's it talk rationally about the occult who can talk rationally about uh plant medicine versus somebody who hates god who thinks christianity and, is a joke and they're going to exactly. give you a plant medicine rundown no no so i've set myself up to be i say i the lord strategically put me where i'm i'm at in this realm I agree. to be that because you think you're listening to yeah. an episode on aliens and then we're praying at the end and then you get encountered yeah, yeah, yeah. and raptured by God's love. What the yeah, hell yeah. just happened? I was watching yeah. an episode on, on aliens and this dude prayed yeah. and I got healed. Like I'm getting those yeah. testimonies. Dude. It's like, listen, talk That's all you awesome, want, man. church folks. I don't care. That that makes it worth it, man. And Because yeah. how so else are these people... Over. Go ahead. Like, that's what I was saying before about like Christianity can be so disconnected. Mm -hmm. The conversations they're having is so disconnected from where your normal person, or at least I know, you know, there's the mass population and there's different, you know, niches of where Joe Rogan's at, big like, for a reason. In terms man. Of, and he covers all well, this. Man, he's the number one. He's like he the number one downloaded all. podcast as far as it. So, so like, and the conversations he's having. So that means that like those are conversations that people are having. Yep. And, and it's like if we, um, if we can't have that conversation, like those people will not, they will not be reached. Like apart from us being able to, like Jesus connected, like he hung out with prostitutes. He was able to be in their, in their world. He was able yeah. to be close to them and still remain, you know, in his, his holiness or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is really important. And I, and I think, I think it's the Lord as well. Like, I think the Lord is provoking. He is provoking right now mm -hmm. his body. Yeah. He's, he's break, prison break. You know, he's like pulling people out of these constructs because it's it's dry biscuits. It's tired. It's um, it, it stops life from flowing. Yeah. Um, and it's necessary. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's really important. I just, I, I, um, me yeah. and my wife just started going back to church after years, like 10 years, probably if, or wow. more. Um, we, we just moved and, um, right down the road, but we were like the church that I got born again at and started getting going to when I got born again 20 years ago, like, uh, we started going back there again 
and it's scary for me locally dude just because like i my reputation precedes me and people know me and i don't know them you know and so for me to be in churches and stuff it is scary like you know they want to pray demons out of you or why do you you know pulling the pastor to your side to the side don't you know there's a witch in the back of your church and stuff like we want witches in the church like we want them like they can get born again you know if i'm really a witch or something but so it's made it hard for me to 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 have brothers and sisters and like discipleship with like older mature christians you know i've been able to disciple people and roll stuff up but having like those you know pastor friends and stuff which i'm getting a lot more now but it's still scary because it can instantly like you know somebody look look up your stuff and go to the pastor so and they ask you to leave and stuff like that which i know this guy he was our youth pastor so he i feel weird in there there's a it's weird like i don't want to go pray for people i don't want to i tap in i i get a good word and and the worship's usually amazing um but as far as like how active i am of doing that stuff i'm still i let i i i have my platform where i do my thing if i want to pray for you we'll go live right now and i'll take prayer requests live and pray for people live like you know what i'm saying i don't have to go up there it's different in person but um but when I host something at my house or, or something like that, but it's really weird, like, because the reputation precedes me and, uh, like, going to... Did you, did you, lose, did you lose a lot of friends? Like, yeah, because I, like, I, yeah, I was a Christian rapper and, and minister, and, like, we, I, we traveled a lot and went to a lot of churches, and I, I was a, a leader and played a big role in that and, like, almost all of them you know what I'm saying like abandoned me and <clears throat> called me a devil worshipper and stuff like that and uh they didn't really call me that they told each other that you know like I wasn't a part of the conversation which I was ready to be because I was studying like how to prove what I've been learning you know like let me show you why I'm talking about Orion because it's in the bible and let me show you what it really means and that kind of stuff you know but those conversations really, I never got to have any of them because I guess it was, people were just too scared or something. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.